This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation Wrestling Network. Welcome to the latest episode of Who's Next? I am Andy Atherton, one of your co-hosts here. And we are going to be getting caught up on the last uh, six weeks or so of NXT. Much better than the uh, marathon that myself and my co-host went through last time to get caught up in about three months of NXT brand. But let me bring in said co-host and let's get this show on the road. He's the Mississippi Mud Pie, my friend, Logan Crosland. Logan, it's nice to have not as big a gap between talking to you about NXT, my friend. Yeah, I feel like we ate the uh, the entire Chinese buffet last time, and this time we just ate a comfortable amount, and we're we're, we're good, you know. So uh, we we didn't stuff ourselves this time, but um, we do we do we do have a good uh, bit to talk about. But oh yeah, not quite as much as last time for sure. A, a lot a lot happened in this in this short amount of time, shorter amount of time, not a short amount of time by by some people's uh, stretch, but not yeah, like not like almost like an entire summer of of, of shows to uh, to uh, catch up on. But no, there's always stuff going on at the NXT brand, and um, I mean I'm excited. This has been the last six weeks or so have been really great. I think for the brand, I think they're doing some really smart things with that. Uh, you know. With the main roster appearances down there with some people coming up a little bit here and there. Also, you know, we're going to talk about a, uh, a Tuesday night battle that occurred, uh, you know, during this time period, which was very exciting for us uh, wrestling fans. It was kind of reminiscent of Raw versus Nitro to an extent of, of uh, announcements and what was going to happen and pulling out all the stops to try to kind of win the night. Which you know NXT did do, <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm really enjoying what's going on there. But you know, much like all wrestling pods that talk about current uh, product, you make predictions, you make you know calls, you you say, oh, this is what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen, and then in one false swoop, some of that can go to shit. <laughs> when when you start saying about this person, that person, oh, yeah, they're going to challenge and they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And then next thing you know, there's a mass amount of releases slash cuts from WWE, which uh, affected the NXT brand. We're not going to really get into the main roster cuts. If you, you know, we could because a lot. Well, there's some NXT alumnus in there, but, you know, it was a lot of the names, at least on the uh, the main roster, were not surprising. You know what I mean? It's like people that have been there for a while. Some people, you know, that maybe needed to to go move on to uh, another place. Some people that just maybe just never got as far as they probably could have or should have. Maybe we'll have a, you know, in that group and then the group we're going to talk about, maybe there's a Drew McIntyre. Maybe there's, you know, Cody, you know, you know, you got to go away, get better build up your character, create something on your own, and then come back to the fold. So any any of the before we get into the list of names for the for NXT cuts, any any main roster cuts that uh surprised you or stand out? Not not particularly. Um you know but somebody like Dolph been there for forever. I kind of just yeah. figured he was a lifer. I didn't figure they'd 
release him per se. I figured they may like cut his contract a little bit and just keep him around on like a legends deal or something like that. Um, you can kind of tell on some of these that some of these are Vince guys and some of them were uh, very much not Triple H guys. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. like a Boogs and a Riddick Moss who got pushed super hard like a year or two ago uh, or within the last two years uh, that are gone now. And then, you know, just uh, and, and a couple of failed Triple H bringbacks. You just, you know, they weren't ever going to work. <laughs> Yeah. It's just it's just kind of how it happened, you know. You hate you hate for somebody like Emma to come in, uh, whenever she did like a year a year or so ago, uh, and already get released again. But she just she just doesn't fit for some reason. I think she is uh, better as the big fish in like an impact pond than the mm-hmm. the the small fish in the in the very big pond that is WWE. So none really surprised me, but you know, just, just a couple like Shelton and Ziggler. Like I just figured we're going to be there forever. Yeah. Like, I, those are guys though. I, guys, you know? Yeah. I think those are guys that will probably left on good terms. So yeah. we could see Ziggler like at a rumble. We could see Shelton yeah. appear uh, in the future, like one-offs short-term deals. Who knows? I think, I think Dolph's going to join his brother over in AW at some point. I mean, he also had the comedy thing going, um, yeah, Emma, I see, I, I like Emma, but something like her personality, she just never catches on personality-wise. She's great in the ring, but, you know, the I think once the whole Emma Alina, whatever the hell that thing was, never came to pass, I think the fans never really got over that, really, with her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's somebody that, and, and Riddick, her, her guy, Riddick Moss, those are, those, yeah, they're much better, like, impact. Or something like that. There, I never, I never really got the Riddick Moss thing. I never got Boogs. I, you know, I, I, they could have put Boogs and Elias together in a tag team and maybe seen how that go. I think they were, they were teasing at that, but yeah, just never. Those were guys actually that could have gone back to NXT because Elias, when he came up, he was kind of a surprise to me. That was when when he got called up because he hadn't. He was like the the grifter, like he hadn't done much down there. You know, he was like the opposite of Alexa Bliss. Like Alexa, you know, had a had a good career in NXT, but she didn't really accomplish much outside of like a really great heel turn, right? She didn't win any championships. She, you know, was she really in any memorable feuds? No, but it just clicked when she got to the main roster. But anyway, so let's talk about the NXT releases. So the first name is uh, somebody who asked for a release a while ago and was kept under contract and then... We thought they were going to be in the uh, North American title match, Mustafa Ali. Or Mustafa Ali, I don't know how they're pronouncing it these days. Uh, <laughs> I was a little surprised at that. Uh, Logan, what about you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, just the fact that he had a title match at the PLE that was coming up, it was just like, really? You know, <laughs> if they had an inkling or a thought that they were going to release him, like, hey, say, hey, uh, we might release this guy. Don't put him in a title match coming up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, he asked for his release a while ago, and I think he's kind of flip-flopped on whether he wants to be there or not uh, at some during that time. But he's a guy that probably deserves a bigger spotlight somewhere else. I think he could be a really good player for Impact. I don't think he needs to go to an AEW because I think he'll get lost in the shuffle like so many people on their roster do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he could be a big star in like an Impact or – you know, something, something smaller. Yeah, the guy's talented. He, yeah. 
because he's very talented, but he 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 would definitely get lost in the very uh, star star filled uh, shuffle that uh, AEW has. Yeah, and uh, the the dawn of uh, as you said, you alluded to like the whole Vince guys, you know, the big men thing. You know, Omos, we haven't seen much of him. I think they're still trying to figure out the Omos thing because mm-hmm. I think they, they've invested a lot in him. Mm-hmm. But a couple of guys now, Shanky was not on was not on NXT. He got released. But another big man that they, they've tried a couple of things with, Davocado got released. And he had been getting some kind of weird-ass push in <laughs> NXT. Like, I, it was very odd, that whole mini thing he had with, uh, what was it? Uh, it was Scripps. And axiom, axiom. That was that was weird. We talked about that. We, neither of us could really understand what was what the point of all that was. But uh, you know, he's a guy. He's, he's a big body. I mean, I can't really see him. He's like somebody I could see him going to. I don't know, maybe an impact or or even AEW to be in that um that who's that uh that big guy that hangs around Jay Lethal, um. Uh, some saying yeah he reminds me of that kind of guy like like i i don't know if he'll ever be anything in the ring but as like a bodyguard maybe who knows uh what, any thoughts on davocado yeah he could go somewhere like that and be like somebody's heavy but yeah i just i don't i don't really know like like you said i'm not sure really what they were doing with him towards the end i think they tried a couple of things and i don't know if he just like because I don't think he was ever going to be good in the ring. He's just such a huge guy, and like he doesn't need to be a great wrestler. He just needs to be a brute force or a blunt force object that just chucks people around and you know hurts people and stuff like that. So uh, I don't really know what they wanted him to be or what they thought he could be, but he was never going to be above a certain level, I guess. So um, if he's taking up a roster spot, then yeah, I guess they probably made the right move to get rid of him. Oh, yeah. Uh, another surprising one, because she was in the middle of uh, an angle or something like that with Kalani Jordan, was uh, D- Dana Brooke, who was they were trying to, uh, I guess, do Mandy Rose 2.0 to an extent, <laughs> where, you know, send her back down there, let her get better, let her get in the ring. And, and I thought she was getting better, actually. Uh, Dana Brooke, was, to me, was always like, she she tried. You know, no, no offense. Like, I, I don't mean to say like she's bad or anything like that. She tried. They put her in some really crappy things, like the statistician role with the primetime players. I mean, I, I did like the tag team she had with Mandy. Uh, maybe they both could have gone down back then at the same time. Although, uh, you know, maybe we wouldn't have gotten the, the greatness from Mandy as much as we did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this, the Dana Brooke thing that kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, she's one of those that had been there for a very long time. She never really reached big heights but she was a, like a serviceable wrestler right uh wait any thoughts on the dana brooke release yeah she, yeah i mean she was fine and, and it's another surprising one just because she was so featured on tv you know like you know with the whole kalani thing she was being her mentor but also seemed to be turning heel and kind of was going to go against uh maybe kalani going forward mm-hmm. after the breakout tournament and all that but um yeah it, it was surprising to see her go like you said, she's serviceable. Um, I don't think she was ever going to ascend past a certain level. She was never going to be Mandy. Mandy had so much more charisma and yes. just natural speaking ability than she does. So I, I I don't know that that project was ever going to work if that's what they were trying to do. But, um, you know, yeah, like you said, she'd been there for a long time. So it's always surprising to see those that, that, that hang around for a while uh, kind of just fade away. 
uh, randomly uh, during some of these releases. But I mean, again, maybe they <laughs> have somebody in mind that they want to sign, and she was taking up a spot. So yeah, she oh, she could all she you know who knows she 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 might end up in Impact, and she could be yeah. one of those like they need a body for the Women's Rumble. You know, she. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if she shows up. You know, you learn never say never in this business. Very true. You never know who could show up in anything. Uh, all right. Though his one that I really no big loss here in my opinion. Quincy Elliott. I I didn't love the character. You know, you had said that I think he rubbed some people uh, wrong backstage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I I I didn't think it was going to connect. I think it was a little too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I think it was uh and the guy in the ring didn't really show much. I mean, I think he only had like one or two televised matches mm-hmm. in the time, but you know, it was just one of those like, yeah, we're gonna just cut bait with this dude right now. Yeah, I think he was kind of like a riddle on the main roster. He was m- more trouble than he was worth. So at that point, so um, yeah, I think he rubbed some people wrong at one point, and I think he was kind of toast uh, when that when that happened. Uh, it was just a matter of when they were going to do one of these big cut cut times. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, this one surprised me a little bit, although uh, like a day or two ago, I read that she had actually asked for her release was Julissa Leon, because I kind of enjoyed her little tag team she had with. Valentina um, for us. Yeah, Valentina. I was kind of I was kind of enjoying it. And she had just, she had been out for a while, mm-hmm. but and then they were just featured on um, not featured, but they were they were basically enhancement talent for. The 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 coven basically on on SmackDown mm-hmm. on their debut, but yeah that was a little little surprising. I mean I mean Yulisa who I'm not Yulisa Valentina may who knows what they'll they'll, they'll do with her now, but um, maybe they'll put her with uh, back with uh, what's her face uh, Lo, um, uh, what's her uh, Electra Lopez and maybe the whole Lola yeah. Vice. Maybe they'll add her to that group. But uh, any thoughts on Yulisa? Yeah, maybe they'll do some kind of trio with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, that one would surprise me as well because I, I enjoyed their tag team as well. I mean, obviously they were green, but they they showed some fire, they showed some, uh, you know, high flying ability and stuff like that. Uh, I wondered if it had something to do with her injury, but if she asked for a release, they probably just said okay. If if, if that's what you want. Yeah, I think she um, wanted to go back. It may sound like she wanted to go back to uh, maybe wrestle in Mexico because I think she just. Uh, debuted for another company. It might have been in Mexico. I'm not sure, but gotcha. yes, it was one of those things like you scroll and you scroll on Facebook and you see like Ringside News or Sportskedia or something like that. So yeah, it had something yeah. on her. Yeah, but that uh, surprised me. But you know, not mm-hmm. a huge, not a huge loss at the same time. Yeah, uh, this one surprised me a little bit. Although again, not I don't know about a big lot. Ikiman uh, Euro. Mm-hmm. I mean, once Jacket Time came to an end, uh, I kind of. It was one of those things like he, he would never, it would never translate to the main roster. First of all, it's like worse. It would be worse than Yoshitatsu uh, translating to the main roster. But I mean, the guy guy was decent in the ring, was a high flyer, but is is the the whole jacket thing was 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 out there. And but I mean, he was one of those like kind of an art truth, like a comedy character, and. Maybe again, maybe he wanted to. Maybe there was he had talked to them about maybe going back to Japan or wherever he had he come from before that. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, any any uh, thoughts on Euro? Giro? Yeah, I'm I'm assuming it, it was that with a combination of like they already have the goofy uh, Japanese guy in Tozawa, so <laughs> uh, they didn't really need two of them. 
Um, but yeah, I, I'm assuming it has. I, I'm assuming he asked to somewhat be real, or he has to be released to go back and maybe wrestle some in Japan. So I, I, I assume this was kind of a uh, one that was cordial and kind of you know, I, I, it's fine. I, I'll go back to Japan and be with be with my people and uh, <laughs> wrestle the way that I want to. So you know. And then there were a couple of names that, like, I think I may have seen on Level Up once or twice. Uh, Brooklyn Barlow and Bryson Montana. Those are NXT name generators, if you ever heard any. <laughs> yes, but, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, that's that's one straight out of PTV NXT for sure. Um, but, yeah, Brooklyn Barlow, just, I think she was one of those athlete NIL deals mm-hmm. that they signed uh, straight out of college. And then I, th- I honestly think Bryson Montana is the same way. So um, just some athletes that, you know, they thought had a good look, but just didn't pan out. Yeah, you know, it's one of those, like, throw throw it up against the wall, see what sticks. And more times than, than we know about, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. it's just there, we only know about it. We don't even have a clue that ever showed up to the PC, and, you know, mm-hmm. just never worked out. All right, so on to <clears throat> the shows. So uh, we pick up right on September 26th uh, of this year, 2023. The opening match is the Global Heritage Invitational Finals. Butch versus Joe Coffey with Gallus with Metaphor in the Meta Lounge to watch the match. So the match uh, ends with um, uh, Enziguri by Butch. Coffey spins and lands all the best for the Bells. Both men are down. Coffey crawls towards the pin. Bush traps him in an armbar. Coffey turns it into a powerbomb. Coffey lands another send-off. Uh, Butch kicks out. Coffee sends Butch out of the ring. Butch avoids another send-off, which sends Coffee crashing into the ring steps. Head first. Butch sends Coffee back into the ring, hits the bitter end for the win, and he wins the uh, the number one uh, contender, I guess, for the uh, Global Heritage uh, Cup. Uh, we had some interference from Gallus as well with, um, uh, I believe, uh, um, does this was this the one where uh, Ridge uh, comes down? No, no, we get that later, right? I believe yeah, so. That's later. That's later. Okay, so what do you think of uh, of Butch winning this over your favorite guy? Um, well, you know, with Dar being a heel, it made sense for the face to win this one. I, I'm glad Coffee didn't win because uh, the Global Heritage uh, rules already bore you to death. So I'm sure it would do most of the rest of the crowd the same if it was heel on heel, and especially if the other heel was Joe Coffee. So at least uh, you had Butch in there, and maybe maybe uh, maybe he could pull a good match out of Noam and make the uh, the stipulations and all that uh, work into their favor. But these guys have a pretty good chemistry. Um, they had a ton of matches and. Uh, NXT UK. They even had a takeover match uh, on on one of the, sp- the UK specials uh, when Butch was the UK champion. So um, they've wrestled a lot. Um, I-, I think they have pretty good chemistry. I thought this match was pretty good. Nothing all time or anything like that. N- not anything super great, but you know, just a pretty good three star right down the middle kind of match um, that I-, I, th- I really enjoyed. All right. So we get uh, some backstage stuff with Dominic finding out there will be a triple threat to de- determine the challenger for him at No Mercy. Then we go to a, a fancy restaurant where our NXT tag champions, Tony D and Stax, are waiting for the rest of the tag teams to show up. They are going to decide who they will face at No Mercy. Angel and Umberto arrive first and tell the tag champs that they are interested in food. They want a title shot. They aren't interested in food, sorry. Then we get uh, uh, Blair Davenport backstage saying Gigi Dolan can't match your brutality. 
And then we have a match with Trick Williams versus Joe Gacy with Ava. Williams leaves frogs over Gacy, lands a by slam. Gacy blocks a hip toss and lands a DDT. Gacy works over Williams. Williams fires up and hits a leg lariat. Gacy tries the upside down, but Trick counters it with a running knee for the win. After the match, the Trick asks who he thinks he who is asked who he thinks will walk away with the NXT Championship and No Mercy. He notes that he just has best whenever, and they're asking about another man. Trick says it will be always. Trick Mellow Gang, so he would be a fool to bet against him. The crowd cheers. Trick pauses, says Mello has his title. Maybe it's time for him to get his. So the uh you know, the backstage stuff, you know, was fine with Dominic, the whole restaurant thing. That that works for Tony D and Stax and their characters. So I don't I don't mind that kind of stuff, even though they've gone to that a few times, it kind of stays within their character. And I, I do like the brooding Blair uh Gigi. Uh, feud here so we got trick starting the uh i guess his ascension this, this is a guy that's really kind of a have grown and improved a lot in the since we've been doing this at least because i was not a big on, on him and he's gotten over with the crowd he's been better in the ring i mean what's going on with with joe gacy now that uh you know schism is is looks like it's pretty much done right um and I don't know what they're gonna, what direction they're going with Ava. But any thoughts on this match and uh, Trick? Yeah, I mean the match was the match was just to get Trick over, um, kind of get him over on a name. Yeah, 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 yeah. To, to, just to elevate him and you know give him a win over a name. Uh, and yeah, obviously the schism is pretty much no more. The dyad's gone, uh, and he seems to kind of trying to separate himself from Ava uh, as we as we go on. Um, but yeah, this is just to get Trick over, get get him uh, have some forward momentum. Uh, obviously, he says something about getting some gold after the match, so uh, that'll be a, a talking point going forward as well. Um, but yeah, uh, the other stuff, Tony D and all them, it, that'll happen throughout the night, the rest of the night uh, with the restaurant stuff and eating with all the different teams. Um, but yeah, Trick Trick looked good, and uh, he'll continue his ascension. All right. So we uh, go backstage. Andre chasing Duke Cutson. See Thea Hale's new look. Basically, uh, she's going through the Sandy from Grease treatment. <laughs> How you doing, uh, stud? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like Rizzo got her hand. Chasey Jane playing the Rizzo part here. Uh, we got uh, you know Chase and, and Duke are shocked by Hale's short skirt and leather. And we move on to a match between Baron Corbin and Josh Briggs. Corbin drives Briggs into the corner. Corbin slaps Briggs. Briggs fires up, unloads on Corbin, sending him over the top. Briggs sends Corbin into the barricade, back in the ring. Corbin runs into a big boot by Briggs, modified Ornagi by Corbin. Briggs kicks out. Corbin works over Briggs, cheap shot, while the referee is distracted. End of days by Corbin for the win. After the match, he grabs a mic and says he's going to do to Braun Breaker what he did to Briggs tonight. Then Braun power walks to the ring and attacks Corbin. Security hits the ring. Tries to separate both men. Referees join and eventually separate them. So I kind of, I kind of low key like Baron Corbin, right? I, I don't love the character as much, but in ring, I actually think he's a very athletic big man, and I kind of really love End of Days. I, I, I kind of do when it, when he, when it's hit crisp. Oh my god, I, I do pop for it. Uh, you know, Briggs. I think Briggs is, is got a huge upside to him. Once, uh, you know, him and, and Jensen probably are going to stay together for a while. I don't think they're going to try to break them up again. 
but I can see them, you know, being together and, and you know, they're they're kind of starting to get long in the tooth a little bit, I think, down there. Mm-hmm. So we could see them up within the next six months to a year. I think we could see them on the main roster. And I think Corbin's one of those, yeah, let's send him down to NXT. Let's have him feud with the younger guys. Let's have him, you know, get in there and, and work with them. And I think he's been really solid since he's been down there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think Corbin's been really good in this role that they put him in, kind of being the uh, main roster gatekeeper to some of these guys. Um, but, yeah, he's he, I, I've always been a Baron Corbin guy, so uh, I, I, I won't shit on him like most other people will. But, yeah, I thought this was a decent match. Definitely did a lot for Briggs' potential, future potential, kind of like you said, as maybe a singles guy eventually. Like you said, I don't think they'll break up the team since they basically already did that uh, just a little while ago, and uh, I don't think they'll quite do that again. Um, I don't know that they'll go to the main roster anytime soon. I, I think they may get elevated uh, to the higher parts of the uh, tag team division because they haven't really been champs or been much in that picture except for maybe a few matches here and there. But, um, yeah, I think they could definitely elevate to the higher parts of the tag mm-hmm. division because I think they're a team that a lot of people sleep on uh, in NXT. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I, I kind of love they're, – they're very good with, like, the hot tag. They're not I, – I mean, they they might get a heel run, but they're, they're, their style is very babyface. Oh, yeah. So I, I I really don't know if they'll they'll try that with them, you know, kind of like what they did with like the smoking guns, maybe. Um, all right, so we move on to uh, Nima and Price, now known as OTM, with Scripps versus Hank and Tank. Basically a squash here with a distraction from Scripps. Price and Nima hit an assisted spinebuster for the win. Then we go backstage. Gigi's getting ready for her match. The lights go out, come back on. We got Davenport uh, standing over her. We go back to the restaurant. The Cree brothers arrive, make bad jokes. And then we have another match. We have a strap match, Eddie Thorpe versus Dijak. And we uh, move to the towards the end of the match where uh, Dijak has uh, got um, Thorpe's throat. He choke slams him on the apron. Then uh, Eddie th- crawls towards the barricade near his family. Dijak whips throat, Thorpe with the strap in front of his family. Dijak pulls off his white belt, which he uses to desecrate Thorpe's native land. Thorpe then dodges Dijak's loaded punch and whips him with a strap. Eddie wraps the strap around his elbow, diving elbow drop, and then he pins Dijak for the win. After the match, Dijak attacks Thorpe and hits Feast for Your Eyes. Feast for Your Eyes, sorry. Dijak traps Thorpe in the tree of woe and whips him with the white belt. His family screams at Dijak as he wears uh, Eddie out. The referees run down and pull Dijak away. So I kind of, you know, going back to the uh, OTM, I like, I, I really like, you know, I th- I think tag teams need names, in my my opinion. <laughs> I do, I do. That that's just like maybe that's like old school mentality in me, but I, no, I, I really I really love that. Very rare, you know, outside of those like you know, let's put two guys feuding or two, you know, legends together. You know, you, we don't get a lot of um, you know teams. Maybe Edge and Christian is maybe like the biggest exception to that, where they don't have a name and they they're our our major uh, success. And um, but you know these guys, I like them. They're big. They're brooding. They're kind of the uh, the anti Briggs and Jensen, I guess, if you want to say that. <laughs> um, you know the backstage stuff was fine. You know Eddie Thorpe, Dijak. I'm, you know, I'm I'm still. I mean, I'm I'm not there with uh, Eddie Thorpe yet. I, I I get it. It's nice. It's good. He's he's not bad in the ring. Um, but I don't know. He's just to me. I mean, I just. I, I don't know. I just I'm not there with him. And and Dijak I think is good. I think his 
his uh his late his run though has been a, maybe a tad disappointing since he hasn't really uh you know won a title which he maybe should have at some point up to now but you know he's kind of you know Baron Corbin I think being there kind of steals his thunder a little bit um similar guy similar a little similar uh style but you know Dijak I think again another guy that has a huge upside that uh, I think you know once you know he gets gets some momentum will be uh you know in in the uh you know mi- at least uh you know secondary title picture uh any thoughts on these uh last couple of matches yeah, it was good to see Nima and Price uh, get kind of a win. To th- I think that qualified them for the uh, Fatal Four Way at the paper, mm-hmm. at the PLE, so uh, gets them in a big match at a at a, at a big show. So um, th- that that's good to see a new team. Uh, poor Hangatank, but you know <laughs> Nima and Price seem to be the ones they're pushing. Uh, well, Hangatank, they they got their their time will come. They'll they'll just get better. You know what I mean? Like uh, they they need to lose now so they can win later. That's true. Uh, I agree. But I, I, I like the strap match. I thought it was physical. I thought it felt uh, like it should have. It, it was a it was a fight that between two guys that really don't like each other uh, as it's built and built. Um, and obviously, you know, Dijak, uh, you know, taunts his family at, at ringside for most of the match. So, uh, you know, it, it made Eddie a little bit more pissed off and, you know, he knocks him around a good little bit. Um but yeah, you know, another loss for Dijak. It doesn't doesn't seem like he's ever getting enough forward momentum to like really do anything. But um, I think Thorpe's a guy that they're behind, are pretty well behind. So uh, he's he's probably he he was always probably going to end up on top in this at the end of this uh, rivalry. So, um, but yeah, it, it, I, who knows if it's the feud ender because they kind of he, he attacks him afterwards. So we may see another match between these two. All right, and we move on to Danny Palmer versus the uh, the repackaged or new and improved, new attitude, new look Thea Hale with J.C. Jane. Before the match starts, though, Blair Davenport rushes the commentary desk and takes Vic's headset. She announces that she has more where that came from for Gigi. Then Thea comes out to, with new music and a new all-black ring gear. So we get uh, into the match. We get uh, Danny does a headstand to avoid Hale and locks in a he- headlock after a cartwheel. Hale and Palmer trade submission attempts. Palmer sends Hale flying with Arana. Hale responds with one of her own. Palmer lands a drop kick but misses a splash in the com- corner. Exploder suplex by Hale. Palmer kicks out. Palmer misses a dive but lands on her feet. Hale traps Palmer in the Kimura. Palmer taps out. Then we go backstage. Uh, Trick tries to talk to Carmelo about his potential title opportunity. Carmelo is distracted by his phone. He tells Williams that he has to focus on his contract signing tonight. Trick agrees and notes that he has stuff to focus on now, too, and walks away. Carmelo realizes he messed up, but doesn't go after uh, Trick. So, uh, Danny Palmer, you know, she's she's good. She's still green. I think she's athletic. I think there was some, uh, some of the other injuries may have affected her because I believe they were going to put her and uh, Saul, uh, Saul together in a tag team. Uh, but, you know, I like. You know, she's one of those like it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter if she loses at this point in her career. Uh, Thea, you know, you keep, you got to You're going to give her like somewhat of a repack. She's got to win. And it was a pretty uh, convincing win. And we continue on with the trick and uh, mellow uh, slow burn here. What's to that's going to build to something at some point, I believe. Uh, any thoughts on uh, this part of the show? Yeah, I, exactly. I think he, I think it's going to obviously 
uh, even still at this point, I think it's going to build to something eventually. Um, but uh, Thea uh, deb- debuts the new look, the new music. Uh, so, like you said, she obviously needs to get the win um, to put that new character over uh, maybe a more aggressive side, uh, more angry side uh, of her. So, yeah, she definitely needed to get the win there. And like like you said, you know, Trick and Mellow, this, this kind of starts the slow burn for them, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. So we get a NXT North American Championship uh, number one contenders match, which turned into a fatal four-way, actually. Uh, it's Dragon Lee versus Trick Williams versus Tyler Bate versus Axiom. So uh, we get a lot of action here. Uh, as soon as the bell rings, Bate and Axiom super kick Trick. Trick falls out of the ring. He starts to stir. Bate takes him out with a dive. Axiom and Lee trade shots in the ring. Axiom and Lee both land dra- dives. Lee sets up the Dragon Bomb. Williams turns it into a Boston Crab. Bate then traps Lee in a crossface. Axiom hops on Trick's back and locks in a sleeper. Bate breaks up the sleeper with a clubbing blow to Axiom. Trick destroys Bait with a big boot. Double flag jack on Axiom and Bait by Williams. After the break, Axiom drops Bait on his head with a half Nelson suplex. We had a brawl between all the competitors. Then Trick lands a double rock bottom on Bait and Axiom. Bait surprises Williams with a DDT. Bait then airplane spins Lee while big swinging Axiom in an incredible power display. Uh, then Trick sends Bait into the ropes. Tr- uh, Bait then bounces off and lands with his rebound lariat. I always pop for that. Um, Bate then pins Williams Axiom breaks up Bates pin with a stop That leads leaps off Bates back And hits a Canadian destroyer on Lee Everyone lands a big move Axiom lands an avalanche Spanish fly on Lee Lee kicks out Immediately hits the Destino Williams then breaks up the pin Lee headbutts Williams Who clocks heads with Bate Knocking him off the apron Trick then bounces off the ropes And lands on top of Axiom for the win And your winner And number one contender Trick Williams Backstage, and Trick finds Hayes on his way to his ring. Carmelo and, and Trick dap each other up. Hayes says they're both leaving NXT No Mercy with gold. I kind of really love this match. This was a really fun four-way match with, you know, guys with, you know, some high flyers. We got some power in there. I really enjoyed this. Um, I think uh, the right call was made with uh, Trick here. I So, so give your thoughts. And also, so... Is Trick the replacement for what Ali was basically going to happen with him? Yeah, I mean, from reports that you hear afterwards, uh, it seemed like Ali was going to win the belt uh, at no mercy. So um, whether what happens with Trick after this and after no mercy, uh, whether that was supposed to happen to Ali as well, I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I can't say for sure because I wasn't there uh, when they decided all that. But um yeah, I mean, Trick deserved it. The crowd's super behind him. Uh, he has the new music with the, you know, the kind of crowd participation parts mm-hmm. to it. Um, and, you know, Booker T does the one good thing that he does where he kind of sings along to it. Uh, Ooh, that trip. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, what? Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, as it's kind of going along. So, um, but yeah, this match was uh, really awesome. Uh, really fast paced the whole way, um, you know, with bait. Uh, Axiom and uh, Dragon Lee in there, you're going to get some really cool high-flying stuff, whatever they do. And like I said, Trick's have been getting better. Uh, he's obviously he's gotten very over, so um, really at least three out of the four guys you could have seen winning this match. I, I think Axiom probably is your odd man out there, but with the way 
Trick has been building momentum, and those other two guys are really good. So you could see them winning as well. So, I, But I think they made the right decision to go with Trick here because he's obviously the the uh, hot thing right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then we uh, close the show with a contract signing. There seem to be a lot of contract signings lately mm. in, uh, in WWE. I think maybe something Triple H may be a fan of. <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they always end one way or the other, usually. Uh, but we got uh, Carmelo Hayes and Eli Dragunov. Basically, a lot of jawjacking uh, back in, you know, promising to beat each other. And, you know, Dragunov says he's uh, promises to end Hayes' da- dynasty. Carmelo says the championship is bigger than both of them. Carmelo says Dragunov is capable of being champion, but isn't better than him. So then we get uh, that ends, and we get uh, Vic announcing Dragon Lee will be the referee for the North American Championship title match at NXT No Mercy. In the parking lot, we get Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin in a fight. Braun tries to spear Corbin. Corbin sidesteps. Breaker goes through a car door. Corbin then slams Breaker on the roof of a car. Braun sits up and attacks Corbin again. Corbin escapes into the arena. Braun follows. Corbin and Breaker crash through a wall, end up in HBK's office. Referees and officials swarm to try to separate both men. I mean, I thought the contract signing was fine. It, it did what it had to do to build up. Uh, both guys are really good on the mic. Um, uh, the addition of uh, Dragon Lee as the referee to North American Tal adds a little intrigue. Uh, and then we get the, you know, the brawl between Braun and Corbin. I mean, is there anything that Braun hasn't smashed through? <laughs> his run there, walls, cars, it doesn't matter for him. But I like that they're uh, they're turning us into you know a couple of guys that really just want to tear each other apart. And it was a, it's a fun way to end the show. Uh, what are your thoughts on the closing segments here? Yeah, that give that gives this uh, match a little fire for you know being a match that maybe you know isn't the sexiest when you look at a, the pay per view card. Like, oh, why are these two guys uh, facing each other? Because they're kind of both heels, kind of the same. Uh, kind of brute brute force kind of object kind of guys. So, um, and, you know, yeah, like you said, the the contract signing was fine. One of the rare ones that doesn't end in physicality. They kind of just stare at each other at the end. So, um, and then, you know, Dragon Lee getting added as a referee, obviously definitely adds some intrigue because he's had a lot of problems with uh, Dominic lately. So uh, he, he will probably be somewhat of a difference in that match for sure. But, yeah, good little... Uh, brawl uh, throughout the NXT arena and parking lot to end the show. All right. So we move on to No Mercy, the PLE that took place on September 30th. We had one pre-show match. It was Kalani Jordan versus Blair Davenport with uh, Blair getting the uh, the win. I mean, Kalani got a little bit of uh, offense in there, but really was modified uh, squash. And we went to the main car opener was Baron Corbin versus Braun Breaker. Uh, we moved to the uh, uh, towards the end of the match, and we got we had some brawling in the crowd in this uh, early on, but we get uh, you know Braun going for a spear, but Corbin lifts him in the air, sending him through a table with one arm spinebuster. We get Baron Corbin crawling away. Braun sits up, screams, and spears Corbin out of his boots. And Braun sends Corbin into the ring and calls for the recliner. Mister Stone appears out of nowhere and dives off the top rope. Braun catches him. And tosses him out of the ring. Braun then turns around and walks right into End of Days by Corbin. And Baron Corbin pins Braun Breaker. So uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the uh, Davin- Blair Davenport Klein Jordan match, but the uh, you know hot open here with uh, kind of a, a surprising finish with the uh, Baron Braun match. And what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I don't remember much about the pre-show match, if I'm being honest with you. I was more wondering why it wasn't Blair and uh, Gigi, because they yeah. had seemed to have the rivalry. So I think it's probably just a way to get Kalani on there, as that you know she they're kind of setting her up for the you know this breakout tournament that's going to be coming up in the uh, weeks to follow. Um, but yeah, definitely a surprising result here. I definitely thought Braun would take this one just to you know kind of build some more momentum to obviously maybe another match with Vaughn or maybe going back after the title uh, again. So definitely, definitely uh, was surprised that Baron won. Obviously with the interference, that's kind of the reason that he did lose. Um, But, you know, I've said this to multiple people at this point. I I really think Braun needs to go up sooner rather than later because he's almost putting too many people over in the process of, of getting, you know, to the main roster. So I don't want his cred to kind of be completely tarnished because, you know, he lost to, you know, a bunch of people on the way up. Now he's losing to top level guys. I'll admit, but it's just, I feel like at this point he might be losing to too many people and, you know, he won't be as big of a deal go into the main rosters. I feel like he could have been if he left, you know, three or four months ago. Um, I know they needed to test run this heel, heel, heel run and heel turn and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think they could have done that shortly and just said, Hey, you're ready to go. Um, I'll have more thoughts on that kind of, as we get probably towards the later episodes uh, with him and a couple of other guys. Um, But yeah, definitely interesting result. Um, I I get it because I feel like Baron's going to be, kind of in the main main event picture going forward after this but um yeah you know braun is obviously headed towards another match with vaughn at some point so we'll see how that ends up yeah i mean corbin can't lose everything while he's there uh you know in order he'll lose all of his his cred there you know braun trying to think you know i don't think he'll be up by sorara series maybe he'll be one of those gets called up in the process of being in the rumble that's that's you know? kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. All right. So move on to our next matches, which is for the NXT North American Championship. We get Dominic Mysterio defending against Trick Williams, special guest referee, Dragon Lee. Before the bell rings, Dominic drop kicks Trick. Trick kicks out of uh, of it. Then Dominic argues with Dragon Lee about the count. Trick rolls up Dominic for a near fall. Big shoulder block by Trick. Dominic then rolls out the ring, grabs his title. Dominic tries to leave, but Trick floors him with a boot. Then Trick tries to get in the ring, but Dominic kicks the middle rope into Williams' crotch. Dominic works over uh, Trick. Trick uh, Dominic antagonizes Trick, fires up, lands a flurry of offense. We get a 619 by Dom. Trick ducks a super kick that hits Lee. Lee falls out of the ring. Trick lands a kick and pins Dominic, but there's no referee. A new ref appears and counts to two. Dom then tries to run the ropes, but the referee is in the way. Dominic runs over the referee, then misses a splash off the top rope. Then, which leads to Trick pinning him, but there's no referee. Trick then wakes up Dragon Lee. Dominic tries to hit Trick with the title belt. Trick ducks, hits a leaping knee strike for the win. And your winner and new NXT North American champion, Trick Williams. Again, another surprising result, I think. But, you know, maybe the the plan was for Dom to lose here all along. Didn't really kind of matter to who. But I think now that... They, it kind of gives them more to work with, I think, with Trick being in this as opposed to uh, to Mustafa Ali, although I'm sure they had probably fine plans with him. But what are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, it almost makes you wonder what they would have done with Ali after this. Um, 
but yeah, another surprising win for Trick. Um, I, I won't say the Fatal Four was a surprising win. I think he kind of seemed like the obvious choice once he was added. Um, but I definitely didn't really see him taking it off Dom here. Maybe eventually, but not maybe on his first try. I think with the addition of Dragon Lee as the ref, um, it kind of probably somewhat tipped the hand that maybe they were going to do a change. Uh, but yeah, I think it was a solid match. It wasn't anything great. These two guys are still, you know, I won't say green, but they're younger in their professional careers than um, others maybe. Um, so they're, they're not just the greatest in-ring guys. There were, you know, obviously some botches at certain points throughout this match um, that, you know, we'll, we'll get that they'll they'll get better and with experience and stuff like that you you'll you'll have less and less of those and these guys have definitely vastly improved from where they were probably a year or or two ago in Dominic's case um but uh yeah really really happy for Trick uh, I think he's improved a lot so he deserves uh to be elevated up the card like this probably two guys that would be your 1A and 1B of most improved I think over the last year or so right when you when you agree yeah, absolutely. Uh, and mm-hmm. NXT wise, definitely trick. And then you know, main roster and and this uh, Dom for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know what's funny is uh, it, it's all worked out in the end. But I I I would always say like, why didn't Dom get an NXT run to uh, kind of build him yeah. up? But but yeah, you know, look, the guy is like he's like one of those. He went to the NFL right out right out of high school or NBA right out of high school guys and didn't you know play college ball. Kind of thing, and it kind of worked out. One of those surprising picks, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, and we move on to our next match, which is for the NXT Tag Team Championship, with the D'Angelo family in a file four-way defending against the Creeds with Ivy OTM with Scripps and Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. We get a brawl to start out, which spills out of the ring. Julius dives off the top onto. Carrillo and Garza, OTM work over Brutus. Carrillo tags himself in as Stax does the same. Carrillo lands as springboard splash. Then Stax responds with a Manhattan drop. Tony D and Stax beat down Garza um, and then uh, Umberto. And then we got uh, Tony D picking up both Garza and Carrillo. D'Angelo's knee gives out. The referee calls for the medical team. Tony D is helped out of the ring while the other competitors start brawling in. Scripps gets up on the apron. Ivy Drop kicks him off. Brutus gets a tag and clears the ring. Brutus then puts Garza in an ankle lock. Julius hits the ring and suplexes everyone who gets in the ring. Humberto breaks up the submission hold. OTM and Carrillo beat down stacks. Tony D limps back to the ring. Referees and officials try to hold him back. Tony D headbutts an official and power limps to the ring. Tony D then clears the ring. Then we get a four-corner suplex spot that leaves everyone being down. Price and Nima hit their finish on Tony D. Stax breaks up the pin. Brutus picks up Nima for an avalanche Brutus ball. Humberto breaks it up. Angel Garza drop kicks Nima off Brutus's shoulders. Brutus then lands a springboard Brutus ball outside the ring. Stax and Tony D hit their finisher on Price for the win. Your winner and still NXT Tag Team Champions, the D'Angelo family. I I really enjoyed this match. Again, this was a really good uh, card. You know, NXT lately you know, ever uh, on their PLEs. There's really a bad match. And this one really was, was good. These teams like went all at it, some good brawling, some good storytelling with Tony D. I was a little surprised their price took the pin um, being that, you know, it's a new team uh, that they had just started to, uh, to really uh, give a little momentum to. 
I don't think the Creeds could have taken it. I mean, Humberto and Carrillo are in the middle of a uh, a repack or a, a reinvention, so to speak. So yeah, but I was just I was kind of surprised that one of the new kids uh got it. But still, I think the the call was right. I like Ivy, uh, you know, taking care of scripts here. And uh, what are your thoughts on this match? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Kind of chaotic at points. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that benefited it uh, for sure. Uh, you know, these are at least th- three really good teams. Uh, OTM will get there. Uh, they've they've got to get more experience for sure. But um, the D'Angelo family and the Creeds are, are great. And uh, Angel and Umberto are really good in the ring. So uh, you aren't ever going to get a bad match here. I, I'm not really surprised that they, you know, the, the new guys took the pin because – I think they think a lot of the Creed brothers, uh, as we'll talk about maybe at the end of the pod. Um, and, you know, I, I think Umberto and uh, Angel will uh, be a part of this uh, tag tag title uh, picture uh, going forward from here. Um, I think they're still a team that they kind of want to push uh, heavily. So I think I think the new team kind of had to take the pin here. Um, I think they were put here to elevate them for sure, but I think they're still the kind of low team on the totem pole out of these four. All right. So we move on to our next match, which is for the Heritage Cup Championship. Norm Dar with the metaphor, defending against Butch with Tyler Bate. So we go through the round format here um, at the end of round one. There it's it's zero zero in round two. Um, uh, Dar hits a Nova roller for the pinfall in there, so he goes up one nothing. Then we go to round three, and Butch uh, hits Noam with a bitter end for the pinfalls, tying it up at one. At the end of round four, uh, there are no pins or submissions. Uh, Noam does pass out uh, right as the bell rings to end the round after being in a modified armbar by Butch. Saved by the bell, so to speak. We go to round five. Again, no points. Uh, move ahead. Butch stomps on, you know, um, Dar hits a brain buster on the apron. Butch somehow kicks out right at the end. Then Butch then stomps on Noam's hand after the bell ends to uh, ring end, rings to end the round. Then we get to round six with interference from uh, the metaphor. We get, uh, you know, uh, Butch hitting the... Uh, bitter end with um actually sorry uh we go back to last legend wrapping dar's hand uh before the bell rings for the final round then mensa cheap shots butch again behind the referee's back norm lands another nova roller then butch kicks out then tyler Bate drives off the top rope on or mensa which then snaps dar's finger bitter end by butch norm kicks out gallus then attacks bait outside the ring Joe Coffey hits the ring in confusion and drops Butch with all the best of bells with Dar pinning bait with a takes a two to one win and he uh, holds on to the Heritage Cup. So uh, now this I actually actually missed this match for for uh, that when I, when I was watching. So I didn't really get a chance to catch it. But again, you know, I'm, I'm not that high on the Heritage Cup, but I think they, uh, you know, the storytelling here uh, worked with with the format mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on it yeah i think this was probably the best like big arena heritage cup match we've had i think this this was a good matchup and you know it had the bells and whistles uh with the interference and all that kind of stuff so uh it, it was very smartly worked um you know 
cheap finish, uh, which a lot of Noam Noam's matches uh, seem to have and probably will have going forward. But I, I, like I said, I think this was probably the best Heritage Cup match in one of these big arena kind of shows so far. I've always said, you know, I, it it's not the greatest style of match, but I think it does play better in like the smaller arenas. Uh, just because it seems like the crowd can get a little bit more invested and it doesn't seem to, like, just exist <laughs> uh, right. like it does in some of these bigger arena shows when maybe not everybody's reacting, uh, but the NXT, you know, arena will always react pretty well. So, um, but yeah, like I said, I think this was probably the best one that they've done in one of these PLE kind of sh- formats. All right. So we're on to our next match, which is for the NXT Championship. We got Carmelo Hayes defending against Ila Dragunov. As soon as the bell rings, Dragunov boots Hayes in the face. Dragunov then beats down Hayes, and then he sends him out to the apron. A big boot by Dragunov sends Carmelo flying off the apron. Dragunov yells at Carmelo that this is his ring. Then Carmelo hits the ring and unloads on Dragunov. Hayes then tries a springboard. Dragunov avoids it and turns Hayes inside out with the Constantine special. We get a kick out by Carmelo. Machine gun chops by Dragunov. Dragunov and Hayes then tra- trades strikes. Dragunov floors Hayes with a strike. And we get Carmelo blocking a chop from Dragunov. Carmelo has fire in his eyes as he lights Dragunov up with chops of his own. Dragunov then leaps in the air, but Hayes meets him with a drop kick. Springboard bulldog by Carmelo. Dragunov responds with multiple German suplexes. Carmelo breaks out of Dragunov's grip and tries a German suplex of his own. But Dragunov elbows his way out of it. He then tries another Constantine special. Carmelo hits with his patented head scissors into a face buster. Ila kicks out at 2.9, basically. Then Hayes then stomps Dragunov's head into the mat. Dragunov blocks a running boot from Carmelo. Running knee strike by Dragunov. Dragunov then power bombs Hayes. Dragunov tries a coast-to-coast. Carmelo tries to counter with a first 48, but Dragunov blocks that. Picks up Carmelo and DVDs him into the corner. Coast to coast by Dragunov. Hayes kicks out. Dragunov sits Hayes on the top rope. Then Carmelo knocks Dragunov off the top rope. Dragunov gets to his feet, slaps Carmelo off the top rope. Carmelo falls out to the apron. Dragunov pulls Hayes back into the ring with a superplex. Dragunov tries the torpedo Moscato. Hayes blocks it with a first 48. Dragunov bounces off the ropes, hits the H-bomb. Carmelo hits, kicks out. Dragunov hits another H-bomb, this time off the top rope. Carmelo amazingly kicks out. Dragunov then hits the torpedo of Moscow. Again, this time Hayes counters with a super kick. Dragunov kicks out. Both men roll out onto the apron and trade slaps. Then Carmelo lifts Dragunov in the air, hits a cutter to the floor. Carmelo dives at the top, but then Dragunov catches him with a lariat midair. Carmelo is rocked. Dragunov goes up to the top, hits a super H-bomb for the win. And your winner, a new NXT champion, Ilya Dragunov. This was a heck of a match. I really enjoyed it. These guys went all out. I think Mello has been a, a great champ, but I think Dragunov's time, it was like, you know, he had, if he doesn't win here, like what else is there for him really down there? Yeah. And obviously he's got more story to tell uh, down there in NXT by winning the belt here. And there, there is more you can do with Mello. I mean, Mello could go to the main roster, but it's not necessary for him. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, good good win for uh, for Dragunov. He was kind of came in as a big deal and finally uh, you know ascends to the top of the NXT proper mountain after dominating NXT UK. And what are your thoughts on this match? Nah, yeah, this match was awesome. And you know, 
going in like on the last pot, I'm pretty sure I said something to the effect of whoever loses this match is probably main roster bound before yep. too long because there's just not much else that they can do. Uh, I think we'll see with Mello. There may be a little something that he could do uh, going forward, but once that's kind of over with, he's uh, probably main roster bound for sure. But, you know, I think this was definitely like uh, whoever wins is NXT champion, obviously, and whoever loses might have a little bit of business to deal with before they go up, but they're going up uh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, happy to see Ilya finally uh, achieve uh, this and kind of get to the top of the mountain, like you said, because he did dominate um, NXT UK there towards the end. Um, and then, you know, obviously came in as a, as a big deal out of that. Uh, and, you know, he ha- he's has incredible match after incredible match. And this is probably the match of the year for NXT, uh, without a doubt. Cause it, it you know, it's just awesome. And every, if, if you haven't seen this match, you need to go out of your way to see it. Cause it's just really, really, really great stuff. So check it out. <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. All right, so we move on to our main event, which is the ladies with the NXT Women's Championship Extreme Rules match. We got Becky Lynch defending against Tiffany Stratton. So this this is a lot. <laughs> so this is a big write up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip through a little bit of it. But basically, it's uh, you know Tiffany meets Becky in the hallway. She lights her up with uh, Lynch then lights her up Stratton up with a kendo stick. Uh, Becky puts on a construction helmet, headbutts Tiffany. Tiffany runs away. Fight spills to the crowd as Tiffany and Becky fight up the ramp. A fan hands Lynch a thick gold chain. Becky wears Stratton out with it. Tiffany's head is bleeding. Becky beats Tiffany back to ringside. Becky dives off the barricade into a kendo stick shot from from Tiffany. Tiffany lands a double stomp for a near fall. Tiffany brings a toolbox into the ring. Crowbar shot by her. She then pulls out a hammer, but Becky avoids it. Sidewalk slam by Stratton. Then we get Becky kicking out. Uh, Tiffany works her over with a chair Then Becky surprises Stratton with a suplex Tiffany rolls out of the ring Becky catches Tiffany with a baseball slide Followed by an elbow strike off the apron Tiffany gets to her feet Becky hits Tiffany with a shopping cart Tiffany falls in Becky crashes the cart into the ring steps Becky brings a bag into the ring and empties it A bunch of Barbie doll pieces fall out Becky DDT Stratton onto the toys Tiffany then rolls out the ring again Becky tosses doll pieces at Tiffany. Tiffany blocks them with a trash can lid. Tip- Becky manages to suplex Tiffany into the barricade. Becky pulls the table from under the ring. Tiffany hits Lynch with a kendo stick and sets up the table herself. Becky disappears. Tiffany looks for her, but Becky is nowhere to be found. Tiffany looks under the ring again, and Becky sprays her with a fire extinguisher. Becky then pulls a barbed wire bat out from under the ring. Tiffany tries to avoid it, but gets hit on the leg. Becky swings for Tiffany's head. But misses and loses the bat. Tiffany hits a handspring back elbow. Sends Becky through the barricade. Becky tries to go through the ropes. Tiffany whacks her in the head with a trash can lid. Becky puts a trash can on Tiffany's head. Then she leg drops the trash can. Tiffany just kicks out. We get a spine buster from uh, Tiffany onto Becky on the trash can. Then Becky kicks out. Tiffany slides around 10 chairs into the ring. Becky counters with Tiffany's arm attack into a slam. Then Becky transitions to an armbar. Tiffany slides out of the ring with Becky still working her arm. Tiffany lifts Becky and power bombs him on her onto the ring steps. Tiffany hits a swanton off the top that puts Becky through the table. Becky and Tiffany are both out. Tiffany wakes up and sends Becky into the ring. Swanton by Tiffany. Becky kicks out 2.9. 
Tiffany misses a moonsault off the top t- to the floor. Becky then immediately hits the manhandle slam out on the floor. Tiffany kicks out of the pin, and Tiffany tries to hit the prettiest moonsault ever on the stacked chairs. Becky moves and hits a manhandle slam on the chairs for the win. And your winner and still NXT Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. This was a fun, big old mess of a match. I mean, they brought everything out. I think Tiffany really, this was her coming out party, basically. She hung in there with Becky, showed that she could wrestle, she could brawl, she could use weapons. This was this was a heck of a match. And was it a better match than the men's? I, I wouldn't say on the match level, but as a spectacle, as a uh, sports entertainment thing, I thought it was on par. And I I had a feeling Becky was going to hold on to it. I didn't think mm-hmm. Tiffany was going to win it back right away. Because I think Tiffany is, um, you know, I think she's got the rocket strapped to her after this. I think... She, uh, you know, she's one of those again, like Braun. I think she should. Pro- I think she's going to be up in the main roster by the Rumble. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the main event of this uh, PLE? Yeah, I mean, they had a lot to live up to with the match that happened right before them, and they, they, you know, they knocked it out of the park. Um, and you know, like you said, it, it technically, in ring wise, probably wasn't as good as the previous match, but um, it was a brawl. They beat the crap out of each other. Um, I heard some opinions that this match wasn't as good as a lot of us thought it was, but I, I'm going to say that that's bullshit. Um, but yeah, I thought this was really good. You know, Stratton, like you said, it was kind of a coming out party for her really establishes her as somebody that can even hang with, you know, somebody that's like a main roster legend at this point with like Becky Lynch. And I think, you know, over the last three or four months with Becky, I think, you know, a lot of people were kind of giving her shit that like she doesn't really care and she's not really giving it her all in this in this newest run as a face and all that kind of stuff. I think she started to kind of take some of that shit personally, um, and uh, she's really knocked it out of the park in the last few months. She's had that really good uh, match with Trish. She's had a few good matches on NXT with some of the girls down there, uh, and had, had has had two really really good matches with uh, Tiffany. So. Um, she, she's been killing it lately and, um, you know, like you said, Stratton, I think she's probably got the rocket strapped to her and she'll be main roster bound before too long. Cause you know, you could give her the NXT belt back, but you know, she's, she's probably above that at this point, which is a weird thing to say, but, um, I, I think she's definitely, uh, headed for bigger and brighter things for sure. All right. So we'll move on to the NXT show from Tuesday. October 3rd, and we get an in-ring segment to start the show with Becky. Becky basically coming out saying that she isn't clear to compete, but neither is Tiffany. She then uh, puts Tiffany over, saying they beat the piss out of each other. And when she won the title, she said she wanted to elevate it to heights that I had never seen before. She is eyeing night one of Halloween Havoc for her next defense. Lyra Valkyria interrupts and says that Becky's debut career is what made her want to become a wrestler. But before... Uh, Becky can accept Lyra's challenge. Indy Hartwell's music hits. Indy walks out, reminds Becky that she never lost the title. Then we get Roxanne coming out and says she wants her title back. Becky apparently, you know, has booking power and, and books a triple threat match that night between the three of them to see who gets title shot. Halloween Havoc. And we get a uh, tag match from spilling over from the PLE with Tyler Bate and Butch versus Gallus. 
Uh, we get into the uh, to the match. Uh, you know, we get uh, Gallus working over Tyler. Tyler manages to tag in Butch. Butch clears the ring. Ten beasts is bodrum bodrum by Butch. Butch then takes out Joe Coffey with a dive. Mark catches Butch with a ghetto blaster. Mark tries a suplex, but Butch reverses into the Xplex. Tyler tags in and lands a shooting star press. Airplane spin by Tyler on Wolfgang. Butch then takes Wolfgang out with a dive. Mark uh, escapes the Tyler driver. Then Bate lands a rebound clothesline. Butch and Bate land double Tyler drivers for the win. And then after the match, we get Joe Coffey uh, attacking Tyler and Butch. And we get Ridge Holland running in down to uh, the ring and makes the save. So I like Becky coming out uh, stating, you know, uh, they went through a war, putting over Tiffany and and figuring out who her next challenger is going to be. We get a nice uh, kind of a, a brawling match here with Ridge Holland getting a big pop at, at the NXT uh, arena that you never thought you'd hear. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was a fun match. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, opening of the show? Anything to take Gallus out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the NXT starting to any NXT arena is kind of starting to feel the way I, I do about Gallus. Uh, I'm just playing. Um, but yeah, good to, good to see Becky put over Tiffany to start the match and kind of establish. Uh, the possibilities of who her next contender could be. Um, and yeah, the, the match was pretty good. Um, didn't get a ton of time, but, uh, I think these four guys kind of, like I said earlier, have a ton of chemistry. They were all, all, all six, all three, all four of the guys. And then, you know, uh, five, including coffee, uh, Joe coffee, uh, were in NXT UK the whole time. So these guys have faced each other numerous times, uh, with numerous partners and stuff like that. So, um, just a ton of chemistry, and uh, they could probably have a good match with each other with their eyes closed. Yep. All right, so we get an in-ring segment from our new NXT champion, uh, Dragunov. He uh, puts over Carmelo. Uh, today he can barely stand, but he does stand. He promised he would fulfill his destiny, and then he will turn his championship reign into a symbol of incomparable passion. He will protect that promise with his life. Long live the Tsar. We get Trick Williams music hit. Crowd goes pretty much nuts for it. And he congratulates him, but he isn't out here because of the championship. He's out here because someone else won a title at No Mercy and that he is a new NXT North American champion. He credits Dragunov for pushing him to the next level. And then at No Mercy, Williams trick uh, whipped that trick. Then Carmelo comes out. Carmelo tells Dragunov that he appreciates the kind words. Carmelo asks Trick why he's thanking Dragunov, and he's been telling Trick for years that he's going to be a champion. Carmelo tells Trick that winning the title is one thing, defending is another. Trick uh, asks Carmelo what he meant by that. Dragunov asks the same question. Dragunov tells Hayes that this is a conversation between champions. If Carmelo doesn't think they're done, he can come see him when he figures that all out. Carmelo tells Trick if he wants to follow his footsteps. Trick needs to focus on Dominic tonight. Dominic Mysterio interrupts. Mysterio said he he promised Mommy he would bring his title back home. Carmelo tells Trick that he will be in his corner if the Judgment Day gets involved tonight. Dom then asks Williams how long he will be in Hayes' shadow. Trick declines Carmelo's offer. He won the title alone. He will defend it alone. Good segment. You know, I'm, I kind of, I don't, when it's deserved, when these guys put over their opponents, you know, Tiff, you know, Becky putting over Tiffany was big. It you know sometimes you know you get the oh boo hoo you know putting over the other piece person da 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 
no, I think both of these times was really good because there were great matches, and it's nice that they acknowledge it on TV. Um, now we get more intrigue here in the uh, mellow trick uh, thing that's happening, and we get a uh, you know dragon off. It sounds like that uh, you know mellow is probably going to get his rematch sooner than later, and we get a little more uh, juice to the trick dama rematch. So, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, the raw before this. Uh... Mommy had told uh, Dom that if he, she didn't, he didn't come back with the championship to not come back at all. So <laughs> uh, big threats thrown at uh, little baby Dom Dom. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think I think it's good that you know the winners of these matches are putting over their opponents and how much of a war that it was that they and it helps. It always helps when it was a really good match uh, as well. So that like you said, and then, you know this you know continues to elevate Trick. He's already out there. As a champ with the NXT champion, um, and yeah, they had, him and Melo had a few barbs with each other, so that's kind of continuing to push that little bit of uh, dissension between the the two best buds uh, uh, that will continue to grow uh, as we go on. So, um, yeah, good segment. All right, so we get our number one contenders match for the NXT Women's Championship: Indy Hartwell versus Lyra Valkyria versus Roxanne Perez. We get Becky at the commentary desk for this match. We get uh, Indy tossing both women all over the ring. She hits a slam. Roxanne breaks up the pin. Roxanne rolls Indy into a prawn hold. Tilt the world head scissors by Roxanne. Indy falls out of the ring. Valkyria breaks up Roxanne's dive attempt, sends her out of the ring. Valkyria lands a drop kick through the ropes to Roxanne. Hartwell gets to her feet. And we get Lyra trying to drop kick Indy, but she gets caught. Indy lands a boot. Perez appears out of nowhere. Ripes wipes Indy out with a tope suicida. After the break, we get Roxanne hitting pop rocks on Indy. Roxanne goes for the pin, but someone pulls her out of the ring. It ends up being Kiana James. She then decks uh, Roxanne. Becky gets up from commentary and boots uh, Kiana into next week. Back in the ring, Lyra lands a splash off the top rope on Indy for the win. And your winner, new number one contender, Lyra Valkyria, which... I think it was the right result here. Uh, Roxanne, you know, is always going to be sniffing around the title uh, picture until she, uh, you know, wins again. And Indy, you know, was somebody to put in there. She's already moved up. She has a story. She has a, had a point that she actually never lost the title. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but I think they're building up to, you know, making that foundation between the, uh, the I guess, I was, I don't want to, Becky is not old, but I'm talking about the veteran Irish Girl versus the the new Irish girl, basically, and there's there's a built-in story right there. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on Lyra uh, winning this match? Yeah, and Lyra, you know, kind of looks up to her. Um, and Indy didn't even need to be in this match because eventually on Raw really. she gets a title shot anyway. So, um, there is that. But you know, um, Lyra wins with her uh, belly flop into the pool splash, <laughs> uh, of course. Um, still needs a new finisher. Um, <laughs> But no, this that was like you said, story per, sto- for storyline purposes. This was definitely the right result. You know, the the wily veteran Irish lady versus the new uh, up and comer Irish lady. Uh, Built in story there. Um, Lyra's a, been a big fan of hers for a long time. She's uh, she's inspired by Becky or, or was and has been inspired by her. So um, definitely a. Uh, Definitely a good matchup and definitely one that needed to happen. So good yeah. result, best result that could have Co- happened. 
In post-match, we did get a standoff between Becky and Lyra, and we get Tegan Knox walking on stage and says she'll beat both of them if she has to. All right, we move on to Gigi Dolan versus Blair Davenport. Gigi attacks Blair during her entrance. She then beats down as the bell rings. We get a basement drop kick to the face by Gigi. Blair responds with a double stomp off the second rope to Gigi's back. Gigi kicks out. Blair works over Gigi. Then Blair tries to bring in a chair, but Gigi takes it away. The referee takes the chair from Gigi before she can hit Blair with it, who then rolls her up for the win. Then we get the uh, the start of the women's breakout tournament, Izzy Dame versus Kalani Jordan. And we get uh, Kalani Jordan winning with a split-legged moonsault for the win, which she's, you know, for somebody as, as young as her, she hits that pretty damn good. Uh, so any thoughts on, on these two, uh, women's matches here, we get a uh, Gigi and your beloved Gigi mm-hmm. uh, versus Blair. And we get our first of the, uh, NXT breakout tournament matches. Yeah. The breakout, um, you know, Kalani is one of the bigger names coming into the end of the tournament. Um, she's probably one of the one, if not the most recognizable name, just cause she's been featured on TV. Um, so Obviously, getting her out in the first round, being the first match, uh, was a good idea um, against this uh, the, the new girl Izzy uh, Dame that I've I've actually never seen. I don't think she's been on level up or anything. I like think she that. she has been. She's she's a yeah. taller girl. She's she's green, but she's got some good size to her. Yeah. So I think she could be like one of those that you know like not like Raquel level, but you know she's like that kind. Like I think she could be. You know, move into that, you know, bigger girl role in NXT. Yeah, I got you. So, yeah, I mean, and the match was fine. You know, like you said, kind of both of these girls are green. So it wasn't going to be a, a Matt classic or anything like that. But that split-legged moonsault she does is very well hit and uh, looks very impressive uh, whenever she does hit it. And then, you know, the GG Blair match was, you know, with the way it ended and ends up with kind of like a roll-up. So obviously it probably wasn't going to be the end of it in anything. Um, but good to see Gigi get a win. Um, these girls don't exactly work at a breakneck pace either. They're they're kind of <laughs> very methodical in everything that they do. So um, not the quickest match, I'd say, but uh, <laughs> uh, not not bad for what it was. Yeah, and you know, look, the NXT breakout tournament. These are all girls are all green, mm-hmm. and yeah. the matches weren't pretty as as we move forward through them. But you know, I I think they were they were booked well. They they all worked hard, and I'm just gonna put that out there before we get through them because yeah, these are matches are are not all great, and uh, but there's a lot of potential that comes out of this. So, uh, all right. So then we move on to um, we go backstage. We got Duke Hudson, Andre Chase asking Thea Hale if they can accompany her to the ring tonight. JC tells her it's a good idea, and then she leads the group in a Chase U champ. And we get a women's tag match here. We get Thea Hale and JC Jane versus Lola Vice and Electra Lopez. Lopez and uh, Vice work over Thea. We get Thea managing to tag in JC. JC then clears the ring. We get Electra missing a spear in the corner. JC lands a nasty right hand. Thea begs for the tag. She gets tagged in and traps uh, Electra in the Kimura and she taps out. So uh, before we get to the next match, which is kind of a big uh, our main event, um, any thoughts on this? And and where do you think they're going with this whole uh, JC Jane thing with uh, Thea? Yeah, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, I I would think maybe it's going to end with maybe J- 
JC trying to trying her best to turn Thea to the dark side and maybe Thea's just like, nah, I need to stick with the guys that have been with me since the beginning. Um, but who knows? I mean, she could go full full heel, full dark, and join JC and that they could split off onto their own because obviously, you know, Duke and uh Andre bring them to the ring uh during this match, so they're obviously still somewhat associated with them. Um, good to see them get a win as a team. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, this is one of those opportunities where uh, Mr. Chase and Duke don't actually screw them out of wins because it seems like that's all they've been doing lately to Porthia. So, um, but, you know, they could go a couple of different directions with uh, this whole team going forward, but uh, it'll be interesting to see for sure. All right. So we move on to our main event of the night which is for the NXT North American Championship, Trick Williams defending against Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley. As soon as the bell rings, Dom is all over Trick. Trick runs over Dom with a shoulder block. We get a drop kick by Trip. Trick, sorry, pop-up uppercut by by Trick, and then Dom falls out of the ring to confirm Mommy. After a commercial break, Finn and Damian Priest walk to the ring. Dom then takes control after distraction from Rhea. Dom then works over Trick. Trick counters with three amigos with a leaping neckbreaker. The crowd's going nuts for Trick. Trick fires up and lands a flurry of strikes. Then we get a super kick by Dom, spinning slam by Trick. Roland Uranagi by Trick. Then Dom kicks out. Rhea then slides her title into the ring. Dom DDTs Trick on the championship, which Trick amazingly kicks out. Then we get a 619 by Dom. Dom goes for the to the top for a fog splash. Trick gets his knees up. Then we get right knee by Trick. J.D. McDonough then hits the ring and tries to attack Trick. Trick knees McDonough in the face. Priest then hits Trick in the head with the championship. Dom lands the frog splash for the win, and we got our winner and new NXT North American champion for the second time, Dirty Dom Mysterio. I really enjoyed this match. I thought Dom and Trick put on, uh, you know, a really good TV main event here. Uh, I like the Judgment Day uh, interference and still bring more star power to the NXT show. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean, trick to winning the belt to lose it three days later. I mean, I guess in the long run, it'll add to the to the storytelling. But, I mean, again, you can't, I, I don't want to keep going back to, like, what was the plan with Ali if, if this was going to be all to it? But we got to move on. The guy's gone. Who cares? You know, it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So it's interesting though. I, I did not see, you know, trick losing it back three days later, but I think once, you know, Rhea tell, told Dom yeah. uh, that, you know, you're sleeping on the couch, buddy. If you, uh, if you don't come back with that championship, uh, I think Dom was going to, was going to take it back. So, uh, so what are your thoughts on this main event? Yeah, once the threat was there, it seemed pretty pretty obvious that, that he was going to get it back. Or, you know, it would have been interesting to see maybe what, what would have happened if he didn't. Um, but I, I thought pretty confidently that he would get it back just because I think they were going for a pop at the PLE to get, you know, maybe trick a big win. Um, yeah, you do wonder what maybe would have happened with uh, Ali if he had stayed around. But I, like you said... Uh, it doesn't matter because he's not still around. Um, but yeah, anytime you can get Judgment Day on the show, I think it's a uh, their big main main roster act. So anytime you can get them featured on this, uh, it, it brings more eyes, it brings more attention because uh, these guys are willing to show up down there and help their buddy out. So um, it, it seems makes it makes it seem like it's a much bigger deal 
uh, than maybe it is to some people. But yeah, definitely a uh, definitely a good match. Um, I think they're. I, I think this one was like actually a little better than the PLE match. Not much better, but uh, I think they were both pretty comparable. But I think I like this one a little bit more. All right, cool. All right, so now we move on to the show from October 10th. Now this was a night. We got our Tuesday Night War. Went head-to-head with AEW, had to move due to the MLB playoffs taking precedence on Wednesday night. Uh, AEW had uh, loaded up their show as well. I believe, uh, from what I can remember, it was the in-ring debut of Adam Don't Call Me Edge Copeland. Yes, he uh, was in the main event that night. Yep. Yeah, and um, I can't really remember what else we had. Uh, that night on the AEW show, but ratings-wise, uh, NXT does end up winning the night. And we're going to tell you, we're going to show you why it is. There's no, not a shocker. Which uh, you know, and a lot of these were already announced. Uh, all the a lot of these appearances. So we get Cody Rhodes coming out to start the show, and asking the NXT universe what they want to talk about. Crowd chants yeet at him, and he never thought he'd stand in that ring, but it feels right. Because, you know, he plays up his dad. He was kind of the heart and soul of NXT for a long time. Uh, Cody then announces a men's breakout tournament and then says he's heard chatter about a certain tag team tournament. He then confirms that the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic is coming back. He then also announces that he's a special guest general manager for the night. Basically, he can make matches. So then we get uh, your NXT champion, Yellow Dragon, all coming out to welcome Cody to NXT. He said uh, Cody's announcements give hope to NXT, but he also just wanted to meet him. Then we get Dom coming out to uh, talk trash to both. Then we get uh, our GM for the night, Cody, ultimately booking Dragonov versus uh, Dom Mysterio with LA Knight as the special guest referee. And that gives a huge pop. And then we also get a uh, another main roster talent here in our first match, which is Asuka versus Roxanne Perez. We get Asuka winning via pinfall after a roundhouse kick to the head. Then she showed respect to Roxanne after the match. Afterwards, Shotzi ran in and prevented Keanu James from attacking Roxanne. So, yeah, hot start here. Definitely bringing out uh, the big guns, especially, uh, you know, you got Cody, who's probably the your, your top babyface in the entire company. Then we got, you know, announcing L.A. Knight as is being there as your probably most over guy right now. Uh-huh. And then we get Asuka, who is tremendous and had one hell of a run as the NXT Women's Champion with probably one of your stars of tomorrow, top probably top three women stars of tomorrow, uh, Roxanne Perez, who they, they, they see big things coming from her. And of course, you know Roxanne loses nothing uh, in this losing this match to to Oscar. I mean, it would have been a huge shocker if she did pull off the win. But I thought it was a you know it was a good match. I mean, Oscar coming down and doing her thing, and I, I love the uh, slight repackaged tweak of Oscar's character. Uh, so you know, I really I really enjoyed it. Uh, this was one of those nights that it felt like we were back in the '90s during the Monday Night Wars, and it was a lot of fun because I had NXT on my TV. And I had AEW playing on my my uh, my Mac, as you could tell, which one I was paying more attention to <laughs> as we talk. But what are, you, what are your thoughts on the, the Cody uh, set segment and the uh, Oscar Roxanne match? Yeah, I thought the match was really good. Um, like you said, 
you know, Roxanne doesn't lose anything by losing the match. Um, she even, you know, she hung with her for, you know, the, the, the entire time the match was going on. So, and Asuka's probably one of the greatest NXT, if not the greatest NXT women's champions of all time. So losing her, you know, doesn't hurt you at all. Uh, the fact that you hung with her and hung with a main roster talent uh, the way that you did um, made made it look just even more uh, incredible and that, that you're definitely a star for the future. Um, you know, having Cody be the guest GM for the night was a, probably a good move. You know, he's one of the most over guys, uh, and on the main roster right now, along with the, you know, the announcement of LA Knight being the, uh, special guest referee for the champion versus champion match later on in the card. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, thought that a lot of the guys on NXT should feel like lower, you know, tier or whatever for having to have these, all these main roster guys, but I think it just elevates them. It gets more eyes on those guys. It's not like, you know, a lot of the main roster people were in these matches, winning these matches, you know, obviously Asuka wins, but, um, it, it, it gets more eyes on the guys that are wrestling. It's not like they had main roster people face main roster people on this show just to, you know, show that, you know, that, that they could have a better show or whatever, but it was, it was showing you the future and the people that, you know, are, are, are coming up. So, um, I, I, I really disagreed with a lot of people that, uh, you know, kind of thought that this was cheap that they did this. I think it was very smart and they probably should do it more often, honestly. Yeah, it was like a showcase, basically. Yeah, exactly. You know, they do put NXT on main roster shows at times. They say, oh, this is our NXT talent. But this was, yeah, let's 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 use some of our clout. Look, it's like, look, who was watching Birmingham Barons games until Michael Jordan goes and plays for them? But, you know, what about, you know, all those times you have the rehab assignments for major leaguers and they go and they play on the AAA team and they get huge crowds there and they get to see these guys. I mean, it's yeah, it's really about trying to like you know kind of put a spotlight on them. They're not stealing their thunder. I mean, look, Becky. We'll we'll talk about Becky and her run in NXT. It was tremendous. I I mean, I loved it. I think she, what what happened there, what she did for that women's division on that brand was was probably unlike anything we've seen before. So. No, no, I, I mean, you know, look, having Cody as your guest GM means, look, he's not just there in the opening segment. You're going to see him again during the night. And, yeah, these these guys, they're there. I mean, I was a little – I didn't really understand the whole Oscar-Roxanne thing, but you know what? I was there for it. So, yeah. I mean, out of anybody to come down to take on, you know, Roxanne, yeah, sure, Oscar, why not? You know, I could have – you could have sent down any number of, yeah. uh, you know – main roster uh females uh to uh to take on roxy but yeah this was good uh, i think they chose her because she's such a so synonymous with like yeah old nxt so it just made sense well she never lost the belt right true you know, she, awesome. yeah so yeah trem- yeah tremendous i mean if we ever did a mount rush for mount rushmore of nxt uh women's champions i mean oscar's on there probably with uh you know with becky uh, uh, not Becky. I mean Bailey, Sasha, and I don't know who your fourth would be. Maybe, maybe Rhea. I don't know. Um, that's that, but that's for another podcast. All right, so we move on to our next match, which is a pub rules match. We got Gallus versus Ridge Holland, Tyler Bate, and Pete Dunn. We get Gallus rushing the opposition before the bell. This one saw a dartboard, bar stools, and garbage cans come into play. Young comes after one of the coffees gets hit with a pint of beer. And then Ridge 
uh, Tyler and Butch then powerbomb through a table and the glass for the pinfall win. Then we get Lyra backstage for a promo, but she's interrupted by Tegan Knox. Tegan says she was close to uh, beating Becky on Rob. She wants to put Lyra, you know, she wants Lyra to put a title match with Becky on hold, but Lyra says she's not letting anyone get in her way. Then we get, um, you know, John Cena coming out to the ring to address the NXT universe, cuts a rah-rah promo. Braun comes up the ramp and talks trash to John Cena, who says Braun's attitude is his downfall. Cena didn't come to rip him, but now he's, that he's here, he's actually a teachable moment. Braun attacks Cena, sets up for the spear. Cena then counters, goes for an attitude adjustment, but Braun runs off. So, I mean, the pub match was was like you know, a fun brawl. Was You know, was what it was. One of those typical TV matches that you see, like, you know, like around like 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 they just did in Halloween with all the, you know, the weapons and all the chicanery on the outside. Um, you know, we get Lyra kind of, you know, Tegan kind of playing up the, you know, uh, let me get another shot thing. And then we get John Cena getting a rub here and, and getting him some FaceTime with Braun Breaker. So, yeah, continued uh you know, uh, you know, we had a, like a little fun match here, and then we uh, with a couple of main roster guys, and then we get uh, you know, moving Lyra forward in her story, and 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 John and uh, building up Braun. So, what do you think of this part? Yeah, I thought the uh, I thought the pub brawl was like you said, it was just a good weapons little brawl. Uh, good to get these guys on on the show. Um, I, I thought I thought you know, good physical. Um, you know, weapons brawl, kind of like I just said. Um, and then Lyra not playing around. She said that I'm not giving anybody else my opportunity. I'm not putting it on hold. This is my shot, and I'm taking it. Um, and then Cena having this segment with Braun, you know, it only puts Braun up there with, you know, one of the best of all time. Uh, gets him out there, talking to him, kind of playing off of him, seeing what he can do. Uh, and I think he more than held up his end. So really good segment. Um, and I think seeing him elevated Braun for sure, uh, you know, kind of throwing back and forth with him. All right. Then we get uh, backstage. We get Cody greeting Tony D and Stax. The champs say they have a problem and explain things to uh, Cody. They pitch a tag team rumble with the winners getting a shot at them at Halloween Havoc. Uh, Cody confirms it and names the match the Bada Bing, Bada Boom, Battle Royal. <laughs> then we get uh, Baron Corbin. Kind of promo on Dragunov and asks why he's patting his resume with matches against Don Mysterio. Says Dragunov should give him a title shot because he's the only one that could put him down. Then we get our NXT championship match with Ilya Dragunov defending against Dominic Mysterio with LA Knight as the guest referee. We get uh, LA Knight preventing Finn Balor from interfering in the match and knocked him off the rapin. Then we get JD ending up uh, eating uh, his LA Knight's finisher. Trick ran out to stop Rhea Ripley from getting involved. Dragunov ultimately wins after hitting Dom with his finisher. Baron Corbin walked down the ramp and looked to confront Dragunov, but Dominic Dijak attacked Dragunov from behind. He left the ring and told Corbin he was too late and that Dragunov was all his. So, I mean, this match was good. I mean, it was fine. It was really you know, a point to get more people on TV here and kind of start like, you know, it was basically moving storylines forward. Uh, you know, again, Dom has been really solid in the ring and, and Dragunov, you know, I don't think can have a bad match. And, you know, the Judgment Day making their presence known again. We get LA Knight with a huge pop. Mm-hmm. Sidebar, um, you know, uh, oh, we're gonna I'm going to plug something really quick here. Uh, if you guys haven't been checking out the uh, North-South Connection YouTube 
right now uh, there is a countdown going on over there of the uh, they're ranking uh, all the war games matches going from you know the quote unquote worst to the best and Logan and I are a part of it and we're we'll, we're going to be there for two of them and one of them you know involved LA Knight we're not going to give away where you know it is in the countdown um, we've already it's already dropped that we did uh, what was it number uh, twenty one twenty one. Uh, was the women's war games match from 2021. So you should uh, check that out on the North South Connection YouTube channel. But there's another one, LA Knights in it. It's on the countdown somewhere. And I got to tell you, play those, play that match and then this show next to each other. And, you know, there's been clips of when he first be, went back to being LA Knight in the main roster to now. This is insane. I mean, I mean, you hear him come out as LA Knight, and it's like, yeah, yeah it's LA Knight, yeah. But this is like, oh, LA Knight. Friggin' roof goes off the top of the building. It's insane. Um, but what do you think of this uh, this match here and everything happening with, uh, you know, around this Dragunov Dom match? Yeah, I mean, he, he he's going to elevate pretty much anybody he's in the ring with. Like you said, he, he he's probably incapable of having a bad match. At this point, and I had the same thought with the LA Knight thing. Like, I watched the uh, the war games that you're talking about, obviously, and uh, not much reaction there, honestly. Um, you know, they do the they do the point thing with him, and they some of most of them, yeah, and stuff like that. But you know, everybody's into it, and everybody you know jumps out of their seat when he comes out, out at this point. So, I do love that he wore the. Uh, the black vests and the sunglasses the whole match um, <laughs> with the uh, referee shirt under it. So I, I, I do love that he stayed in, uh, in attire uh, the whole, the whole match. So I really like that. Um, but yeah, the match was really good. Uh, obviously, like I said, Ilya can't particularly have a bad match and, you know, obviously it, it was more of a storyline progression kind of thing. Like you said, obviously the setup, like maybe where, uh, Dragonoff is going to go after this with Dijak coming out and Corbin kind of making his presence known as well. So um, obviously we might see something with those guys going forward, but we'll see. All right. So then we uh, go backstage with Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, and John Cena shooting the breeze. Cena tells them to relax. They'll be champions again in no time. Melo says they'll get both their tiles back soon, but there looks to be some more tension from Trick's perspective. Trick asked Cena how he knew it was his time. And Cena says they should talk. Then Baron Corbin finds Cody Rhodes backstage, says he wants a match because Cody owes him. Cody asks what he's talking about, and Baron reminds him of the last time they saw each other. He says he wants to wipe the slate clean and wants a match with Dragunov. Cody doesn't give in, but says Baron will get a tile shot if he wins a triple threat against Dijak and the winner of Carmelo versus Braun tonight. And we get another NXT Women's Breakout Tournament match. We got Lola Vice versus Danny Palmer. We get Lola Vice winning after hitting a roundhouse kick to the back of Danny Palmer's head. Then we get a Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, vignette shows he's flipping through channels on TV. Talks about not knowing his father and how he's not anyone's junior. So he wants to inflict pain on the same business that has given him so much grief. However, he doesn't want fans to think of his dead father. He wants them to think about him. He doesn't want to be called. Brian Pillman, but he's going to use the name of the man who really raised him, King. All right, so uh, you know we get a, some nice uh, with Mellow Hayes. We we uh, with uh, sorry with uh, Mellow and Trick, we're uh, continuing on the slow burn there. 
Mm-hmm. We get Cena giving them the rub, basically doing the segment with them. We get the setup of the uh, triple threat match, uh, you know, with Baron Corbin, Dijak, and the winner of Metal Braun. We get a, a you know, an okay women's breakout tournament match with with Lola Vice versus Danny Palmer. Lola wins. She is probably there with uh, Kalani Jordan as probably the most experienced and most known um, women in the tournament. And we get this uh, interesting vignette for uh, Brian Pillman Jr. So uh, what do you think of all these uh, all this action here and backstage stuff? Yeah, again, a slow burn for Carmelo and Trick. Uh, I, I would love to know what Cena took Trick to the side to say. I, I wonder what that conversation was about. Um, I believe uh, Jade Cargill actually shows up somewhere in this little uh, part uh, to talk to Shawn Michaels a little bit. So, you know, she shows up and assigned with the company and all that at this point. Uh, sets up the big uh, th- triple threat for the next week. Um, Carmelo and Braun will be whoever wins that will be the third member. Obviously, um, they they do a, a NXT Anonymous too, where uh, Paul Heyman's talking to Ava Rain. So a uh, little bloodline stuff. Yeah, going on yeah, I popped well. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that was interesting as well. Um, Lola and Danny, you know, another breakout tournament. Not, nothing that's gonna blow blow you away or anything like that. But Lola love the uh, roundhouse kick. She can actually hit it. Uh, she needs to give Lyra some, uh, <laughs> some pointers. So, uh, yeah, so Vice hits the... Uh, it's it's more of uh, like uh, um, Alistair Black's like uh, Black Mass kick. She just mm-hmm. kicks him right in the face with a roundhouse. So uh, I really like that finish for her. I think it works. Um, and like I said, she hits it better than uh, <laughs> Lyra for sure. Uh, at this point, which I don't know if they're really the same move, but it's it, it, it that one's much more effective and looks a lot better. So um, I'll get I'll give Lola that um, for sure. Yeah, it's up there with Zia Lee's also. You know, Zia Lee has been known to injure people with hers, but yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, the thing you know, we 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 love Lyra. I mean, we talk about her. We just want to see the moves, her finisher and 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 setup moves. They just don't fit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like. What, what, everything else is great, you know. And, but you know, she's—I think she's a, again a little too small for the splash. And then the kick, you know, it's it's hit or miss really with her, literally <laughs> when she, when she yeah. hits it, when she tries it. So, uh, and what do you think of the uh, Pillman Junior vignette? Oh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think all of the uh, vignettes that they had done for him to this point, and especially this one, was really good. It really got you excited to see. Uh, what they would do with him. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So we get uh, our main event for the night. We get Carmelo Hayes, accompanied by John Cena, versus Braun Breaker, being accompanied by Paul Heyman. We get Solo Sokoa running out and fights with John Cena. The two brawl to the back. Carmelo uses distraction, hit a code breaker on the floor, and then follows up with a top rope splash for the win. We get Braun popping up right after the bell, laying out Carmelo. He then gets to the mic and says, win or lose, and that he's the only one badass in WWE. And you kind of knew what was going to happen next. You hear <coughs> the unmistakable gong, and we get the American badass Undertaker cutting him off, running his motorcycle to the ring. Taker gets in Braun's face as the crowd chants, holy shit. Braun tells Taker to listen up and calls him an old timer. Braun says he's the only badass around here. Taker said he's been watching Braun, and he's a special, but he, it ain't today. And Taker then decks Braun, he then picks him up and choke slams him. 
He leans in and gives Braun some advice. There's always someone bigger and badder, and Braun just met him. Taker raises Mello's arm and celebrates with the fans to close the show. So, yeah, there were a lot of these were, were leaked. It was leaked that The Undertaker was going to be there, and you knew they were setting something up. And as soon as the word badass came out, uh, I had a feeling we were going to see the American badass. And, you know, I noticed people complain, like, oh, you're burying him by getting... No, you did not. I mean, being in a, a segment with Taker and getting chokeslam, I mean, it's putting you over. And Taker has shown that he's... He's been he will do that through his career, and then if there's anything he can do now, he does. Yeah. So you know, in the whole uh, you know solo Cena thing, setting up for uh, a future uh, you know continued strife between John Cena and the Bloodline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Mello, you know, makes his way back into the uh, the title picture. Yeah, and I again, I I don't have a problem with this. Uh, you know. There's always, you know, it, it's put, it's putting Braun into the, uh, you know, punk kid that thinks he's, you know, unstoppable until he meets like, you know, probably the biggest phenomenon in WWE history, and I'm I'm okay with it. So, what are your thoughts on the close of the show? Yeah, and I mean, even before he attacks him and stuff like that, he he tells him that he's special and he's going to be a big big time star uh, going forward. So it's not like he shit on it. He's not like he said, Oh, you're a punk kid and you're a piece of shit and you suck and stuff like that before (laughs) he hyped him up and then he beat his ass. So, um, yeah, I mean that, that can only serve to help him going forward. Um, I, and yeah, the people that people that shit on this show at all are just morons and, um, we don't, we don't want them watching anyway. So, um, but, um, yeah, just a, a really good match. These two are obviously going to be linked together for probably the rest of their careers. Uh, they just, they just are the two, the two biggest pillars of this, um, this brand, uh, for the last two, three years at this point. Um, it, when they, when, you know, Carmelo was North American champion and Braun was NXT champion, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, ever since 2.0 started, these have been t- kind of the two breakout guys uh, that you a- definitely always had your eye on. So, and and at this point, I, they're two guys that I don't think could have a bad match with each other if they tried. Um, I feel like I've been saying that a lot, but it's just there's a lot of guys on these shows that have a lot of chemistry with each other. So, um, which is really good. Um, but yeah, just a really good way to open the, or end the show. Um, and, you know, Taker being there was nice. Um, he, you know, like I said, he put over uh, Braun with his words before taking him out with his fists and his uh, chokeslam. So, good stuff. All right. All right, move on to the NXT show from Tuesday, October 17th. We open up with the Bada Bing, Bada Boom, Bada Royal. Winners become number one contenders for the NXT Tag Team Championship. They are following um, the uh, tag uh Battle Royal rules, I guess, that if your partner is eliminated, the entire team is. We get down to the final three teams, which is Chase U, the Creeds, and Angel and uh, Humberto. The Creeds end up dumping out Humberto, but the referees don't see it. So Humberto and Angel roll back into the ring and dump out both the Creed brothers. The final two teams will battle in a tag match to determine the winner. And we end up getting Chase U winning uh, that match after some interference to to the uh the creeds and um i mean i thought it was fun i mean i didn't really see chase you getting into this spot uh what do you what are your thoughts here on this battle royal and into this match yeah the battle royal was fine battle royals you know 
are really hit or miss for the most part. Most of them are pretty boring, but I, I thought this one had some good, decent spots. Um, and, you know, the cheating to get back in was a clever way to, uh, you know, the Creed's probably should have been in the tag match afterwards, but it was a clever way to get them out for sure. Um, and, yeah, I didn't see Chase U uh, taking this at all, so uh, definitely interesting uh, result. And uh, it, I, I look forward to them facing uh, Tony D and Stack, so. Uh, I thought the match was really good, though, so um, right. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, what are your thoughts on about these tag team battles with these tag team rules? Are you in favor of that, or should, you know, you're still in until the whole team is out? I, I, I could go either way. It, it really doesn't matter, I guess, but I, I would like it to be where you have to throw out both guys, but I yeah. understand that that's probably the better way to book it, I guess. Yeah. Especially when there's, like, an insane amount of people in the uh, ring, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So then we get uh, an in-ring segment with Carmelo Hayes that he reminisces about uh, the the previous week, all the interactions he had with Taker and Cena. We get Baron Corbin interrupting, making fun of him for acting like a fan. And then we get Dijak interrupting, telling them both that they are focused on the wrong thing. They should be focused on what he's going to do to them. And then... Uh, Dragunov appears in the Tron and says he'll be watching tonight. Then Dragunov announces he asked Cody for one thing before he left last week, that tonight's match is now a fatal four-way, and they put Trick in it. Everyone trades barbs. Carmelo looks devastated. <laughs> Dijak make a big deal about Trick stabbing Carmelo in the back by never even talking to him about this. Carmelo says he's not falling for it. He's willing to put anyone down to get his title back. Dijak specifically asks about Trick. Carmelo and Trick stare daggers to each other. Corbin and Dijak then attack them. And then they, the Trick and Melo clear the ring. Carmelo uh, bows up like he's going to attack Trick while his back is turned, but he thinks better of it. Then we get backstage. We get a Fallon Henley and Tiffany Stratton argument. And then we move on to our another match in the NXT Breakout Tournament. Carmen Petrovic versus Jada Parker. Both these girls I've seen, you know, I, I think Petrovic maybe have a little bit more TV time. Yeah. I mean, she's decent. She's got some uh, decent striking moves. She uh, goes with that uh, kind of that uh, jiu-jitsu style, I think, or so, something like that, some martial art. But, you know, she's somebody that uh, with time I think will uh, will be pretty good in there, uh, and she gets the win. Uh, what do you think of the, uh, the, the segment we just had with, uh, you know, Carmelo, Dijak, and, and – um, Baron uh, and Trick uh, setting up for later, and then the uh, breakout tournament match. Yeah, the, it's a good way to get you know a little bit more excitement for the uh, for the for the triple threat now fatal four way. Obviously, adding Trick to it, more tension for uh, Mello and Trick to kind of go at each other. And I thought Dijak and Corbin did a pretty good job barbing at them too to kind of show like, oh, he's willing to stab you in the back. He's uh, you know try, trying to cause even more of that dissension between the two guys uh, and they teased the little maybe uh, attack uh, after the after they clear the heels out of the ring so just continuing to tell the story of trick and mellow maybe exploding at some point so um definitely definitely interesting segment there and you know yeah carmen petrovich has been a you know a level up girl she's been on a bunch that i've seen lately so um she's obviously somebody that they're trying to kind of 
hot shot with this uh, breakout tournament, um, get her a little bit more featured. So, um, yeah, I think they're both good athletes for sure. You can sh- you can definitely see the athleticism, but uh, they'll they'll put it together. I think I think Carmen will definitely uh, be somebody that'll be featured going forward and definitely win, improve and uh, get a lot better. All right. So then we move on to Lyra Valkyria versus Tegan Knox with Natalia. We have a, a good back and forth match with, uh, you know, towards the end, we get a corner cannonball by, by Tegan. Tegan then lands a molly go round. Lyra kicks out. Then we get uh, Knox landing a, a PK. We get Valkyria kicking out again. And we get an appearance by our WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Chelsea Green and Piper uh, Niven, walking down to the ring. And in all the confusion, Valkyria then lands a head kick and pins Tegan, winning the match. After the match, Natalia, Knox, Green, and Niven all fight off. Lyra then grabs a mic and says she talks about how she's going to beat Becky Lynch. Becky then appears on the Tron and welcomes Lyra to the big time. Then we get another ladies match. We get a Keanu James versus Shotzi with uh, Keanu James all over Shotzi as soon as the bell rings. She then slaps her. Shotzi slaps Keanu back. She then Shotzi then traps her in a rope choke. Uh, Keanu slams Shotzi into the ring post and boots her off the apron. Then we get uh, Kiana going for her purse. Then Rox- Roxanne Perez hops the barricade, takes the brick out of Kiana's purse. Shotzi then hits Senton for the win. Uh, we've had a you know a lot of it uh, has to do too with the uh, the breakout tournament, but we've had a lot of women's matches on NXT lately, which has been really great. Uh, I thought the Lyra Tegan match was fine. Uh, you know, you get the the uh, kind of the uh, interruption. I wouldn't say interference by the uh, women's tag champions. Uh, you know, of course, we got to build Lyra up a little bit more to beat somebody, you know, who's uh, basically on the main roster. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Kiana versus Shotzi is is fine for it. Is it it it, it, it kind of helps propel the Kiana Roxanne feud forward. So, what are your thoughts on these uh, uh, these matches here? Yeah, that's pretty much it with the Shotzi uh, Kiana match. It was just more to push the story of Perez and Kiana forward. You know, Kiana screwed. Uh, or seemingly screwed uh, uh, Roxanne the previous week. Uh, so now Roxanne's going to return in the favor, so Shotzi gets the win. Good to see Shotzi get a win. She didn't get too many of those on the main roster, so um, good to see that. And like you said, Lyra needed a victory over somebody that's main roster uh, to kind of show that she has any chance to take on Becky. You know, Becky cuts the pro- promo after the match saying – you know, welcome to the big time. Welcome to you know having a big title match uh, against a main roster star. So um, definitely it builds more intrigue to that match for sure. All right. So we move on to another breakout tournament match. Here we got Ariana Grace versus Brinley Reese. Brinley Reese, who I, I haven't really heard of before. Um, Ariana Grace, I have. She she plays up the character stuff really great here. Yeah, she's uh, really good at that. Yeah, she's um. Uh, what's his face? His daughter, right? Uh, uh, Santino. Santino. Santino Mariana is <laughs> Ariana Gracie taking on the Brindley Reese, like the peanut butter cup. Sorry. And she was a uh, she was a uh, substitution for Jakara Jackson, so she wasn't actually even supposed to be in it anyway. So. Oh, okay. Uh, Brindley, I mean, uh, she yeah. wasn't supposed to be in it. So. Yeah, I kind I kind of like Ariana Grace again, showing uh you know the uh with the next kind of wave of of uh of women. Yeah. Uh, uh, talent here coming up. So then we get a, a number one contenders match, our main event, Carmella Hayes versus Dijak versus uh, Baron Corbin. And we go all the way, 
And towards the end of the match with Carmelo surprising Dijak with the first 48. Carmelo goes up to the top. Then Baron Corbin pulls him off the top. hits a DVD on the floor. And Carmelo sends Corbin into uh, Dijak. Dijak drops Corbin with high justice. Hayes then breaks up the pin with a super kick. Then uh, Carmelo runs into a boot from Dijak that turns him inside out. Corbin then escapes uh, Dijak's feast for your eyes and hits end of days before Baron Corbin can pin Dijak. Uh, Carmelo hits nothing but net. Carmelo pushes Corbin and then pins Dijak for the win. Your winner and new number one contender, Carmelo Hayes. And then we get a thing with Jay Cargill appearing on screen, tapping for a watch. So, uh, fun main event. Um, you know, uh, I think the right person wins here to, uh, at least in, in the meantime, I can't, I couldn't really see Dijak or, or, uh, you know, Baron Corbin getting there yet, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, being a number one contender, uh, and then getting a little, uh, the continued really great, uh, appearances of Jade Cargill here. Not too much, but, uh, enough to, uh, you know, to build the intrigue up. So uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, close of this night? Yeah, just going back to the breakout tournament, Ariana Grace is somebody that I think um, she got hurt uh, right as she was starting to kind of get a little bit more featured at first. So I think she'd be somebody that would be kind of higher up the card at this point if she hadn't gotten hurt. So this is her kind of trying to reestablish herself. She's got the character stuff down, I think, for sure. She's got the, you know, like, beauty queen thing going on. You know, she's she's got the sash and the crown and all that kind of stuff. So she's definitely got the character stuff down, uh, and she'll get it in the ring because, you know, Santino, uh, while being a comedy character, was a very good wrestler uh, throughout the years and is, you know, has a school and all that kind of stuff. So she's... She she's good to go. She'll 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 get there eventually for sure. Um, and the main event, um, really good match again. Uh, with Carmelo involved, uh, you're gonna get some really cool spots. Uh, and like we said, we both we both enjoyed Baron. Uh, for the most part, and Dijak's a guy that I definitely think isn't featured enough and probably isn't uh pushed the way that he probably should should be because I think he's uh definitely really talented uh for, to be as big as he is for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it was smart to have Carmelo kind of steal the victory from Baron cause Baron seemed to have it won. So, um, and then with Jade, uh, obviously, like you said, I think it's really smart to, uh, have her be on, but not do too much. Just kind of, you know, tease that idea that she could be there, uh, at any point. So mm-hmm. yeah, really get into the show. All right. So we move on to the show from the 24th of October, which is Halloween Havoc night one. We get Shotzi and Scarlett in the ring. They're hosting the event tonight. And then our first match is a Devil's Playground match. Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James. Ring is surrounded by things you find a playground. Uh, Roxanne comes out in a Freddy Krueger costume. Who wore it better, Roxanne or Alexa? Alexa, remember Alexa's uh, Freddy Krueger year a few years ago? Yeah, I think I think uh, Roxanne looked pretty good here tonight. So oh, yeah, she did. No, my son and I had a debate about that. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> so, so but we get uh you know kiana is not into that stuff so she has her normal gear so uh after uh after the uh you know going back and forth through the break we get them trading shots with whatever they can find at ringside we kiana tosses roxanne to the crowd then kiana sets up uh superplex on the top rope off the barricade sorry then roxy uh counters and tries a russian leg sweep off the barricade Kiana then tosses Roxanne away. 
Kiana misses a moonsault off the barricade, but lands on her feet. Then Roxy hits her with her own bag, then hits her with Pop Rocks on top of Kiana's bag for the win. After the match, Roxy uh, dumps out the bag to reveal the pieces of broken brick inside. <laughs> so, uh, so this was a fun match. I mean, this is a feud you didn't think you would see. And uh, I think uh, Roxy going over here is the right call. What were your thoughts on this match? No, yeah, Roxanne going over was definitely the right decision. Um, I loved the use of the seesaw as a weapon uh, at one point in this match. Uh, I, thought, I I really popped for that for some reason. Um, I do love uh, she kind of used the um, the rings as like a swing at one point to drop kick the trash can to. Uh, so I like the use of the kind of swing set uh, as a weapon throughout the match. Um, but yeah. Good little physical match. Um, obviously, Roxanne will move on from this, but I, I think it elevates uh, Kiana as somebody uh, that maybe could, you know, if, if Roxanne gets the belt at some point again, maybe they can have a title feud at some point. But um, definitely Roxanne needed the win uh, to kind of elevate herself back into maybe going for the title uh, once we figure out who the champ is going to be after the main event tonight. So. All right. So we get Lexus King making his in-ring debut, a.k.a. Brian Pillman Jr. versus Dante Chen. Forgot he worked there. Um, <laughs> he's a, but you know, you need guys like that to, yeah. to put the other guys over. Uh, I thought Lexus King looked really good in this match. Uh, I think he looked way better than he did uh, in AEW with, uh, you know, instead of having that, that kind of 80s, 90s mullet. It's kind of more of a distinct look, like almost like, uh, you know, a main almost kind of thing. Uh, some innovative uh, offense there. A modified hangman swinging DDT. I thought it was really good. Then we move on to a women's breakout tournament semifinal with Kalani Jordan versus Ariana Grace. Um, we end up, uh, Jordan, uh, Kalani ends up hitting the split-legged moonsault for the win here. So... I, I, and I thought this was actually decent. I, you know, going into this, you, I didn't really wasn't sure who was going to win this between these two because I thought they were they were kind of uh, both at the same level, so to speak. So uh, it wasn't like in the first round where you kind of saw like you know who was like the newer girls or who's the more green girls who you couldn't see them, you know, going forward after the first round. But uh, definitely. Um, uh, one the probably the the best match we've seen in a breakout tournament up to this point. Uh, so, what do you think of Lexus King's in ring debut and this breakout tournament match? No, I definitely thought this was the best match from the breakout tournament so far. Um, these two girls, I think, are a little bit further along than maybe, like you said, the, some of those first round competitors were. So, I think they definitely uh, add a little bit more uh, to their repertoire and a little more comfortable. Uh, in the ring, so I think I think you're definitely right on that one. Um, and I thought Lexus King looked impressive. The presentation and the entrance and all that was uh, really well done. He kind of glides in on the throne or whatever you want to call his big chair or whatever. Um, yeah, I kind of like that how he kind of came out from the side. Yeah, that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that presentation was really cool. Um, I, I thought the match went well. Uh, it put him over for sure. Um, he comes out and says, you know, Brian Pillman is dead. Long live Lexus King. So really getting the new name over. Um, the finisher was fine. I think he probably could 
you know, do something a little bit more impressive, but I think it'll do for now uh, while he kind of concocts something else that could put him over. So, um, but I thought he looked good uh, for his first match for sure. So, uh, and then, like I said, the breakout tournament match was probably the best one we've seen so far. All right. So we go to a rehab facility with Von Wagner asking Mr. Stone why he challenged Braun Breaker to a match. Mr. Stone says he knows he's going to get destroyed, but if he can get one good shot in, it'll be worth it. Von tells Mr. Stone that he's his friend. And uh, Stone agrees. And we go back to the host of the Halloween Havoc, Shotzi and Scarlet. And we get the Creed Brothers and Ivy Nile walking on stage asking for a match next week against Umberto and Angel since they cost him a shot. Shotzi agrees and said they should determine the type of match by spinning the wheel and making the deal. They uh, they agree. Not Ivy spins the wheel, lands on tables, liars, and scares. So that's the match we got coming the next week. Then we get our tag team championship match, Tony D and Stags versus Chase U, accompanied by Thea Hale and JC Jane. So we uh, move into the match towards the end, and we get Andre firing up and landing the Chase U stop. Stack DDTs Duke on the apron, superplexed by Tony D. Stacks immediately lands a diving headbutt. Duke breaks up the pin by German suplexing him, Tony D, into the stacks, which I thought was a really fun spot. Then we get J.C. James sliding a crowbar into the ring. Andre refers, refuses to use it. J.C. then gets up on the apron, and Tony D. accidentally knocks her off in the confusion. Duke cuts and takes Tony D. over in a rolling prawn hold for the win. Your winners and new NXT Tag Team Champions. Choo-choo, as my son says. Um, I mean, I was surprised here. I mean, this is probably the, one of the most more surprising title changes I've seen in a while. Because I was not expecting this. I don't know if I was expecting Chase U to hold the gold at any time. I was trying to figure out what they were doing here with JC. I mean, obviously, if Tony D and Stax were heels, I could see like JC like join the family maybe. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think the family does need another member, like a, maybe a female. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought this was was a good match, like with a surprising result. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I was definitely surprised that they took home the gold for sure. Once the crowbar kind of got uh, involved, I thought, you know, I, I don't think Tony and Stax return and heal if they used it or something like that. But that seems to be their weapon of choice. So maybe he uses it just to, you know, get this victory. Um, and they, they don't turn heel or anything like that. But it just, you know, that that's what he needed to do to win. So, um but yeah, I, I could see the family maybe getting a, a female somewhere down the line. But I don't think JC's JC's that girl. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely an interesting result. Um, definitely didn't see Chase U winning. I can't say I'm disappointed because I really do like them. I think they're a good team. I thought the match was very good. Uh, I think these are guys that are probably underappreciated by a lot of people that you know may, may not watch uh, NXT very often. I think these are four guys that can go in the ring and are two really good teams for sure. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a really good match and um, interested to see where the Soul Chase U thing goes. All right, so we got to move on to our next match, which is a lights out match between Gigi Dolan, your beloved Gigi, <laughs> and Blair Davenport. We get the lights dimming in the arena when the match starts. Um, we move forward to after the break when Gigi pulls a table out from under the ring. Blair then drops a toehold onto Gigi on the chair before flipping the table over. Crowd boos Blair. Gigi, excuse me, whips uh, Blair with a belt and gets a near fall. Gigi hits a falcon arrow off the commentary desk to a table. Blair then sends Gigi back into the ring, hits a Kim Go. 
can we go for the win? Can, can we go? I'm trying to pronounce that move. <laughs> and we get, uh, you know, with Blair wins. And then we get our other NXT uh, women's breakout tournament semifinals match, Carmen Petrovic versus Lola Vice. Uh, you know, decent uh, striking match here. Uh, but, uh, you know, Lola kind of, kind of not out of nowhere, but almost kind of like just hits that, like you said, like a, a black mass uh, for the win. Uh, I think she has looked really good in this tournament so far, probably better than anybody else up to this point. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's let's pause there because we have a, a, a big deal coming up. So what do you think of the uh, the Lights Out match and the NXT uh, Women's Breakout Tournament semifinal match here? Yeah, the Breakout Tournament was a real physical match. These two girls have kind of, you know, MMA-ish type uh Similar styles. Heel, yeah, they're very strike based and uh, kind of you know holds based and kind of stuff like that. So uh, very very similar styles for sure. Uh, she hit the spin kick again really well. So um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hype her up every time she hits it really well because uh, we know our uh, our main eventer here tonight uh, isn't isn't as good at hitting that uh, all the time. So. Um, but Blair and uh, Gigi, like I said earlier, they're never going to work a breakneck pace or anything like that. They're very methodical in what they do, but they use the weapons effectively. I think uh, it was a good match. wasn't great by any means, but uh, I think it definitely did good to uh, Blair got her, her, her win back because Gigi had beat her previously. But uh, I think it did good for both girls for sure. All right. So we move on to our main event for the night, which is for the NXT Women's Championship match. Becky Lynch defending against Lyra Valkyria. We get Lyra immediately attempting her spin kick finish, which Becky avoids. After the break, Becky sends Lyra into the ropes. Lyra then lands a crossbody. Becky then matrixes to escape the pin. Becky and Lyra trade strikes. Lyra avoids a baseball slide from Becky. Lyra then lands a drop kick through the ropes. Becky gets hung up in the ropes, and Lyra lands Becky's patented Rope hang leg drop. Becky kicks out. Lyra and Becky trade counters. Lyra then lands a drop kick off the top. Becky kicks out again. Becky lands a diamond dust. Valkyria kicks out. Becky locks Lyra in a cross armbar. Lyra counters into a pin. Becky kicks out. Modified butterfly hold by Lyra. Becky escapes. Lyra then surprises Becky with a running powerbomb. Becky kicks out again. Lyra goes up top. Becky cuts her off. Becky hits a superplex into a DDT. Lyra somehow kicks out. Then Becky goes up top and gets cut off by Lyra. Lyra sets up a superplex. Becky punches Lyra off the top. Lyra does a backflip and lands on her feet. Then Becky runs into a spinning head kick by Lyra, which she hit pretty good, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Kick out by Lynch. Then Becky surprises Lyra with a manhandle slam, but and Lyra kicks out. Then Lyra counters a manhandle slam into a roll-up for the win and your winner and new nxt women's champion lyra valkyria after the match becky and lyra hug i really i thought this was a great match really enjoyed it lyra looked great becky you know sold like you wouldn't believe uh i was a little surprised that we Mm -hmm. got a title that we got a title switch here because one we already had a title switch earlier in the show and I would have to go back and look through the results of every episode of NXT when we've had two title <laughs> two title changes Never, in the same I'm episode. Sure. <laughs> but you know, when you have somebody like Becky Lynch, would you expect her to lose the belt at on a TV 
on TV, not at a PLE. I, I, I mean, she wins the belt, right, on, on, on TV. So um, I guess it just makes sense. Uh, I do think Lyra was next in line after if Tiffany wasn't going to win the belt back. And uh, interested to see, uh, you know, who steps up and who she uh, faces going forward. But, you know, I, I enjoyed the match. I thought Becky's run as NXT Women's Champion paid dividends, like, big time, really elevating this women's division, elevating the brand, getting more eyes on it. And, um, yeah, no, I thought it was great. What do you think? Yeah, I think the run as a whole really benefited the roster for sure. Yeah, this one was definitely um, surprising as well. I won't say I didn't expect Lyra to eventually beat Becky, but I thought it would probably be a deadline, uh, which is our next PLE uh, in December. So, um, yeah, I, I thought she probably beat her at some point if it wasn't Tiffany, kind of like you said. I think I think like after the previous matches with Tiffany, I think we kind of like we said earlier. I think Tiffany's kind of above the NXT Women's Championship, which is probably not good to say, but you know what I mean. You know what I'm trying to say. She doesn't um, need the belt. She doesn't need. She doesn't need the belt. She needs, you know, to be higher profile with feuds up on the main roster and stuff like that. So, um, but this is a huge win for Lyra. Uh, like I said, I think she probably was going to win it eventually, anyways. But um, it was, yeah. They they pulled the uh, stunner here and gave it to her at uh, Halloween Havoc. So it'd be interesting to see where she goes with the belt. The match was excellent. I thought they did really did really well. Like I said, I think somebody. I think. I think. Becky eventually had a fire lit under her once people started saying that she wasn't having good feuds and matches on the main roster anymore. So uh, she really has started to knock it out of the park. So she, uh, she's been having a hell of a few months for sure. All right. So we move on to our final show we're going to cover on this episode of the podcast, which is from uh, October 31st, Halloween night, actually for Halloween Havoc night two. You got lucky. I didn't do it on the first night. <laughs> um, all right, so we get uh, our opening match, which is Tables, Liars, and Scares. Kreese versus Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. Uh, you know, moving forward through this match a bit, uh, after our commercial break, we get uh, Angel and Julius having a duel with the chairs. Angel then clocks Julius, Brutus then hits Garza with the chair. Humberto flies out of nowhere and kicks Brutus's chair into his face. Brutus and Julius hit a doomsday Brutus ball through a table for the win. And then our our second match of the night, building up on, I swear to God, I didn't know who it was impersonating uh, Tiffany uh, the previous <laughs> week until somebody said something, but it was, it was Fallon Henley, and we get Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Henley. As Fallon makes her entrance, Tiffany attacks her from behind. Uh, Tiffany then puts Henley in a figure four around the ring post. The refs break it up, and this one was over before a start, and it's uh, a no contest. So what do you think of the uh, the opening match here, the tables, liars, and scares match, as well as the uh, the no contest here? I love the Brutus ball through the table. That was incredible. Yeah, that's a good spot. Um, I, I do love that they've started using that as their finisher, as we've seen. Uh, they uh, they actually appeared on the main roster the night before that, facing the uh, Alpha Academy. So, um, so it and got seemed, the win. Yeah, and got the win. So, um, so yeah, two big wins in a row for them. Um, so, but yeah, that match was really good uh, with Umberto and Angel, um, you know, with a ton of good spots, with a ton of good weapon spots uh, throughout. 
Um, and then, you know, Fallon and uh, Tiffany, yeah, they had the, their little spot the week before with the uh, impersonation. So, um, yeah, Tiffany obviously was pissed. She was making fun of her for sure. So uh, Tiffany came out for some revenge and just threw him around. So not 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 disappointed that the match didn't happen. I think it ended up being better that she kind of just attacked her and took her out. All right. So we get uh, something that's going to be occurring throughout the show, which is the metaphor showing up in a haunted house dressed like the Scooby gang. They're there to get Noam Dar's heritage cut back from Tozawa, who had stolen it from them. Uh, I got to say, I <laughs> I laughed at these. at these. I thought they were funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was goofy, and it was just like something to break it up. It's Halloween. Who cares, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then we get our North American Championship match. Uh, with Dirty Dom defending against Nathan Frazier. Excuse me, pardon me. Um, you know, Dom works over Nathan in the corner, then he speeds up the pace. That guy, I've, I, I get tired just watching that guy move in the ring. Mm, he's so he, fast. I, I swear, with that with that bouncing off the ropes thing he does, I'm like, I, 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 I clearly, I'm like, my head's tired just following it. Uh, and then he uh, lands a flurry of offense cap with a drop kick that sends Dom flying out of the ring. Nathan then runs circles around Dom before blasting him with a flying elbow smash. After the break, Dom and Nathan trade strikes. Nathan lands a dive while Dom is caught up with Ripley. Dom then avoids a shooting star press. Uh, Nathan lands on his feet. Dom then drops Nathan crotch first on the top rope. Dom goes up top. Frazier cuts him off with a superplex into a rolling cutter. Dom kicks out. Rhea tries to slide Dom the title, but it falls out of the other side of the ring. Nathan then goes up top. Dom pushes Frazier out onto the floor. Dom then hits the frog splash for the win and def- uh, successfully defends his North American championship. After the match, we get Wesley hopping the barricade, attacking Dom. Wes poses with the title as Dominic slinks away. Then we get backstage. JC Jane tries to convince Andre Chase to help her cheat to win the women's tag titles match. Uh, later that night, Chase uh, refuses, of course. Tony D and Stax walks in, say they want their titles back. Chase and, and Duke tell the D'Angelo family they will get their rematch. Back at the Hornet house, everyone but Noam Dar gets kidnapped. So I thought this Nathan uh, Dom match, I mean, who thought, you know, look at this a couple of years ago that we'd be talking about Dom in such high praise for for all these matches he's having. Uh, I like the return of Wesley. Kind of waiting to hear how they explain this one. Uh, you know, he kind of like walked away like he couldn't win this, he couldn't win that, and then he's back for his uh, his North American title. Mm-hmm. We get the uh, the continuing of JC trying to, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, infiltrate Chase U. Is that the best word to say? Like kind of, um, you know, contaminate them with her evil ways. And then we continue, um, you know, on with the uh, the haunted house. So uh, what are your thoughts on the match and then uh, the return of Wesley and the backstage stuff? Yeah, definitely excited to see Wes back um, just because he's fantastic in the ring. So uh, him him being on TV uh, every week can only lead to more great matches. Um, Dom won this match with little to no help from uh, Judgment Day. So uh, it was good to see him get a rare clean win. Uh I mean, clean for the most part, I guess is yeah. the best way to play. Clean when it comes to the judgment day. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and, you know, Frazier's a guy that's been really great in the ring. I think he'll kind of elevate maybe ne- maybe into the next year. I don't think he's quite there yet, but I think he'll continue uh, to elevate and improve and maybe, maybe win a belt uh, within the next year or something to that effect. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Wes, Wes's, like, you know, game plan is, what his motivation is. 
Um, I think he's probably better off to go towards kind of the main event picture uh, from here because I think, you know, he's been the NXT North American champion, held it for a really long time. Uh, so maybe seeing him elevate a little bit more would be probably the better way uh, to go. Um, you know, like you said, Chasey kind of infiltrating and, uh, you know, trying to make uh, Chase you a little bit more evil, a little bit darker uh, is a way to go for sure. You know, and then uh, Tony D and Stax come in and want their title shot back. So and, you know, Duke and uh, Mr. Chase are more than willing to give them the uh, the shot whenever they want it. Um, and then, yeah, the continued metaphor uh, hijinks in the uh, haunted house uh, with all the other ones getting uh, kidnapped was really funny. <laughs> all right. So we got uh, <clears throat> Braun Breaker versus Mr. Stone. Breaker chases Stone around the ring. Stone rolls back into the ring. Braun then runs him over with a clothesline, tosses him all over the ring. Stone tries to fight back, but Braun shrugs it off. He then ends up cutting him in half, basically, with a spear for the pin after the match. Uh, Braun lays uh, Stone out on, on the ring steps, and then tries to crush his head with the other part of the ring steps, but Von Wagner's music hit. Von then uh, walks over. His head's wrapped in bandages. They end up brawling. He chokeslams Braun onto the ring steps. Wagner then tries to crush Breaker's head with the ring steps, but Breaker moves. Thus, like how he put him out, referees and officials hit the ring to break it up. Then move on to the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven versus Thea Hale and JC Jane. Hale and Jane meet Niven and Green in the aisle. Jane and Hale push Niven into the ring steps. Hale and Jane work over Green. Hale then lands a dive after the break. Piper and Chelsea are working over Thea. Thea manages to tag in JC. JC clears the ring. JC tries to get Chase to give her the NXT tag tiles to uh, hit Green, Chelsea with. Andre refuses, tells her she doesn't need it. Chelsea then surprises JC with her on Prettier for the win. And your winners and still women's tag team champions, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Niven, sorry. And we get Alba Fire and Ela Dawn watching from the bird's nest. So we move the uh, whole, uh, you know, Von Wagner, Braun, Mr. Stone thing forward here, which, you know, is far, far cry from uh, being Robbie E over <laughs> at Impact. I do remember that. I was watching Impact actually then for yeah. for, for a time. Um, uh, cheap plug for Highway to the Impact Zone, by the way. There you go. Show co-hosted <laughs> hosted by my partner here. Yeah. And then... Um, we move on to the, uh, you know, the women's tag match, which was fine, you know, given that NXT team a title shot is, it's always good, and again, bringing some star power and some more eyes to the, uh, to the thing. But you, know, of course, you knew they weren't going to win the, the, the titles, and then, you know, Alba and Ela kind of, uh, you know, keep an eye on things because they were the last NXT women's tag champions. So, of course, we're gonna, I think we're gonna see them versus Chelsea and Piper at some time. So what do you think of the the Braun, Mr. Stone, and the uh, women's tag match? Yeah, based on the uh, little rehab video we had with Vaughn the previous previous weeks, I, I think it was obvious that Vaughn was coming out after the match to help Mr. Stone. So uh, obviously pushing forward to them having another match. Um, hopefully this is the blow-off. Hopefully um, this is the thing that, you know, ends Braun Breaker's time with uh, NXT. Hopefully he has this match with Vaughn, puts him over, uh, you know, makes him a bigger star than he already is. Uh, and that that's kind of, you know, you know, Braun goes to the main roster, gets in the Royal Rumble, and kind of goes on from there and 
continues to be a huge star. So um, hopefully that's kind of how that works out. Um, and then, you know, the tag team title match more was more about Chase and uh, J.C. Jane continuing to kind of disagree with each other about how things should should be done and how, how they'd need to win matches and stuff like that. So um, it was a solid match. Um, yeah, like you said, you know, maybe Alba and Isla on the main roster will go after Chelsea and Piper next. Uh, so that, that could be something interesting to, to see. But, yeah, it was more about the Chase U uh, kind of inner turmoil. All right. So we move on to the finals of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, Connie Jordan versus Lola Vice. Basically, I think if you were handicapping from the beginning, this is probably what you thought your finals were going to look like based on how much they've been on TV and how much their experience are. Uh, they end up trading pin attempts. Lola lights Kalani up with lightning kicks, running hip attack by Lola, and we get a break. And Lola then works over Kalani's leg. Kalani then surprises Lola with a face buster. Kalani goes up top, and Electra distracts her. She then misses a moonsault. Lola almost takes her head off with a spin kick to the head. She hit it really good, too. Yeah, this was the uh, best one, I think, so Yeah, far. Lola pins uh, Kalani. Uh, yeah, really, really fun match, actually. Um and then we get a, a backstage segment with Von Wagner and, and Mr. Stone arguing. Von wants a match with Braun next week. Uh, Stone refuses to get the match made. Von says that Stone stepped up for him. Now it's time for him to end this. Uh, Von winces and clutches his head. Stone begrudgingly agrees to get the match made. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I thought the right call was made for the breakout winner. And, um, and of course, we get the... Uh, the uh, the setup for the uh, more setup for the match next week. So, what are your thoughts on the uh, the finals here of the women's breakout tournament and the uh, little movement forward of the storyline of the uh, Braun and Vaughn thing? Yeah, definitely, definitely the I think definitely the right winner. I think she definitely showcased the best uh, throughout the tournament um, with uh, with the kick and with just her in ring acumen and stuff like that. These were definitely the best two girls in the tournament. Um, and I, I think it was a fair. I think it was a pretty good final, all things considered. So, um, and uh, Lola, I, th- I think, was definitely the choice to go with. Um, and then Vaughn and you know Braun, they were they're going to have a match at some point. Vaughn wants to have it next week. Uh, Stone doesn't seem to think that he's going to be healthy enough uh, at, by that point. So we'll see if it happens. Uh, we'll see if they push it to deadline. Uh, but they're gonna they're on a crash course for each other. So it's going to happen at some point. All right, and we're on to the main event, which is Yuli Dragunov defending his NXT Championship against Carmelo Hayes, and we you know we get some a lot of back and forth here. Um, you know, we uh, will skip forward a little bit to Yuli uh, uh, getting fired up and landing a spine buzzer for a near fall. Both men trade punk kicks. Ilya surprises Carmelo with the H bomb after Carmelo's own Larry ends with him falling into the mat with exhaustion. Carmelo then gets to his feet. Ilya then lands a nasty chop to the back of his head. Ilya then tries the Constantine special again, but Carmelo drop kicks him off the ropes. Carmelo tries another apron DDT. Ilya then counters into a DVD on the apron. Ilya lays Carmelo out on the commentary desk. Carmelo is motionless. Dragunov then dives off the barricade and puts Carmelo through the table with the H-bomb. Ilya then sends Carmelo back into the ring and tries a coast-to-coast. Carmelo tries to counter with the first 48, but Ilya then counters that and lifts Carmelo off with for a lawn dart. Carmelo escapes and hits the first 48. Ilya then kicks out. 
Ilya lands another H-bomb. Carmelo kicks out. Carmelo lands another first 48, goes up top. Trick Williams' music hits, and Williams walks to the ring. Carmelo looks shocked. Ilya then leaps up to the top and superplexes Hayes. Carm- uh, Dragunov almost runs through uh, Carmelo with the Torpedo Moscow for the win. And your winner, and still NXT champion, Ilya Dragunov. Trick pulls Hayes off the mat and stares daggers through him. There's a commotion backstage. Cameron runs back, and we see Baron Corbin has attacked Dragunov. Dragunov is on the floor as Corbin screams at him to end the show. So I thought this was a good match. Not as good as the uh, No Mercy match, but still uh, very good. Um, and then we get, a, you know, again, the continued move, movement forward of both men in their next direction with, uh, you know, what is going to be, uh, you know, Trick and Mellow, wherever they're going to go with that, and Baron Corbin versus uh, Dragunov. So what do you think of the uh, the main event to the show? Yeah, I kind of like they kept, you know, Trick didn't attack Mello, and they just kind of, he pulls them up real real hard. Uh, so I kind of like that they left that kind of up in the air. Nobody attacked anybody. Um, it's being led to believe that Carmelo is the one that took out Trick before the Fatal 4-Way, so he wouldn't take his spot. Um, but I, the match was really good. Like you said, it's not as good as the No Mercy match. But, I mean, if if you're talking about TV main events, it's never going to be quite as good as a PLE kind of type of match could be because uh, it's just not going to get the time that it probably deserves. Um, but for a TV main event, this is probably about as good as it gets, like like we've said a hundred times. These guys are great. Uh, they're even greater together. So um, re- really, really good stuff. Um, and, and, yeah, like you said, it, it leads you to – think that Corbin's going to be the next guy to go after uh, Dragunov, as he's the last person that beat him, so uh, makes sense, um, other than Melo, of course. Um, and then, you know, obviously we might get that blow-off to uh, Melo and Trick, uh, obviously having tension. So, um, but looking forward to both of those matches, uh, for sure. All right, cool. Well, we did it. You know, we got caught up, not as... As uh, laborious as our last episode, <laughs> definitely find a lot, a lot of stuff happening, a lot of great stuff happened. I think this was one of the best runs that we've uh, covered, I think, for sure, uh, since we've been doing this. And looking forward to seeing uh, how they do throughout the uh, the rest of the year. So we are here, uh, we are recording this um, November uh, 6th. Uh, you will, it will be dropping later this week. So we probably won't be doing another episode till after deadline. So uh, mm-hmm. we will, uh, you know, on our next episode, we will be talking about the uh, the buildup and then the uh, the the event itself and then the kind of the aftermath. So we will uh, come to you probably, if not the uh, the week after deadline, the week after that, as is what we're probably looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will actually be at deadline this yeah. year, going with our our friend. Uh, John uh, Arsenio D'Amato. So uh, really looking forward to uh, hanging out with Johnny. <laughs> I've been to uh, an NXT uh, event, live event with Johnny, and, and uh, there's there's no greater sight than uh, John D'Amato uh, dancing with a solo cup as the Street Profits uh, come make their way out in the arena <laughs> in, in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Now, it's a fun time. I'm <laughs> really looking forward to it. Going to give a, a live kind of uh, recap, I guess, on our next episode since I will... Uh, will be there and can uh, give some uh, some insider, uh, some on-site uh, reports. But, no, I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a while since I've been to a uh, uh, a big show and uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, so 
before we go, Logan, uh, what do you have to uh, to throw out there? Podcast you're hosting, guesting on, social medias. What do you got? You got to get Jad to bump that trick at some point. So you got to. Oh, you gotta definitely oh, get oh! I got. I'm gonna have the phone at the ready. <laughs> I I do have him dancing on with the solo cup on, <laughs> on 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 tape. I guess on film. I don't know. Did I really age myself by saying that? I don't oh, know. No, but no, yeah, I I will get I will get uh, some some Jad whooping that trick that night. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but podcast wise, you you kind of mentioned earlier how about in the impact zone? We'll eventually talk about Robbie and Cookie, uh, when we when we get there in 2052. So, um, but anyways, just going through TNA, uh, we're in 2006 right now, headed towards No Surrender 2006, uh, almost to Bound for Glory 2006, which is kind of a big big show for them. Uh, we'll get to it and get to why that is such a big show for them. Um. But uh, other than that, we've got uh, linking up Luchas on the North-South Connection, uh, talking about Lucha Underground. We're about about halfway through Season 1, getting towards the halfway point at least. Um, And then Talking Docs is another another show on the North-South Connection where we talk about documentaries. Um, But just check out all the feeds, and everybody's killing it right now, doing awesome stuff. So just check everybody's stuff out. Yeah, Yeah, and you actually just made uh, some appearances on the brand-new uh, show uh, a few episodes in uh, the X Pod. Yeah, exposition. Uh, exposition. Uh, X- sorry. The, yeah, no, you're good. Uh, the X Men uh, animated series. They're going through that. Uh, they're going to watch the movies too. Um, so uh, yeah, the first couple episodes of that um, been really fun. Kind of. I'm not really on the pod per se. I'm just kind of in a chair, kind of listening to what Tim mm-hmm. and Jenny say. Uh, have been pop up with a few points here and there. So, um, but that's really fun to hear. <laughs> you know. Tim wax poetic about it. Oh, I, I get a front row seat to that on Trader. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy doing that kind of stuff with Tim. It's really in his wheelhouse. Uh, like he's got a lot of things in his wheelhouse. But yeah, speaking of Traders and the Lost Arcs, we should be back soon. Uh, you know, having a little trouble uh, getting, nailing down a record date for our next episode, but hopefully uh, it will be soon. It this Fakakta Spider Man arc that Tim did pick. Fuck. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I I am not I haven't finished reading them, but I am not liking it so far. Um, they're not all going to be winners, believe me. Uh, you know that's kind of the point of the podcast is 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 checking out these comics pods, and I'm just here for the ride, man. I I'm kind of like you. Um, I'm sitting back and I'm just listening to these guys. Just want to be part of the conversation. Want to learn. Uh, and I I am enjoying reading it. Trust me, you know, you, there's going to be bad every every medium or everything has has its you know ups and downs. And this is definitely what are we doing kind of uh, <laughs> comics art arc uh, here. But in, in terms of uh, other shows, we got um, on the PlayStation Pop Experience. We have the video jukebox on the day. That's weekdays at 8 a.m. That right now is basically me, Steve, and Keithy. Uh, kind of rotating through that. Hopefully, maybe we'll get some uh, other people in that at some point. Uh, on on Saturdays, I try to release a pod blast of a uh, live watch of a, a Pixar short. Uh, I do uh, sprinkle in some Disney shorts in there. I'm thinking about doing Once Upon a Studio because I've watched that like five times already since it's dropped at Disney Plus, and I can't watch it. I can't, I will never n- never not want to watch that that short. I just loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the Muppet Pod, Miranda and I are trying to uh, settle on a, a, a record date for the next episode. Uh, the Disney Pod, we just uh, dropped uh, Journey uh, to Atlantis. 
uh, which was a fun one. Was a movie I had not seen in a long time. It was good to revisit. Uh, coming up next on that one will be Lilo and Stitch. And uh, there should be a new episode of uh, Cartoons of Our Youth coming with Matt Souza as my guest. So uh, really looking forward to uh, hanging out with Suze and watching a couple episodes of his favorite cartoon. And also on the uh, pop experience, uh, keep an eye out. Uh, I'm going through Star Wars right now on Blockbuster Rewatch. So the next episode that will drop will be Keithy Langston watching episode one, The Phantom Menace with me. And getting a laugh in theater. And also with, with the holidays coming up, uh, look out for two live watch group, group live watches of, uh, Christmas holiday movies, uh, coming up. So, uh, I have not really decided on what two movies we're going to be doing this year, but, uh, I think I have an idea. So just keep an eye out for that. And it's lots of fun. And like, like Logan said, check out everything here on the Place Nation Wrestling Network on the Pop Experience and the North South Connection and podcast and YouTube form where Logan does pop up a little, maybe a little more frequently than I do. Uh, but, uh, you know, Ryan is, is kind enough to invite me on some uh, preview shows and some, uh, some of these little projects that they like to do. And I have a lot of fun doing them. Uh, and it's a good time. And, and getting to do uh, these two uh, YouTube uh, videos with uh, Logan uh, is a lot of fun. So uh, really enjoying that. And then check out placebination.com and the place to be Facebook group. Okay. So, Thank you all for listening. I want to thank my friend, my co-host, Logan Crosser, for joining me on this episode of Who's Next, and we'll see you on our next episode. Take care. <laughs>